this is the moment where uh, I start to talk. But I'll say that for later, I guess. <laughs> Stupid. But um, hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Fun Flame. I'm your host, Angel Flame, and I am now. Um, this is welcome to another episode of Fun Flame. Um, I am just to clarify to people who have listened to me before. I am now changing up my format. Um, just for a little info on me, recently got a brand new job. Um, y'all um, got a brand new job and wanted to. Um, Basically, I got to work at that a little bit more. So because of that, I mean, you all get it. You got to do what you got to do to pay the bills. Um, so my usual, uh, almost once a day, uh, bitching and moaning about different topics or whatnot is gonna have to change. So now what am I going? Now what I'm going to do is essentially just wait until Friday, in which I will release an episode every Friday. That's just gonna be an elongated, big ass episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you will, of me talking about different topics and subject matters and things like that. So I'll go through the ringer. And if anything, um, I'm far more comfortable with that as I can probably dive into deeper and other topics and conversations and whatnot. But at the same time, I'm also, uh, you know, like I tried to stretch out a lot of my smaller shit as well. But um, now I'll just kind of have things just blending together and whatnot. Hopefully I won't, you know, get off base too bad. Um, I do have a tendency to go on tangents and whatnot, just for full disclosure, but, um, you know, bear with me, okay? <laughs> but this is something that I, you know, jumping in from different topics and whatnot, you can tell from, like, the podcast I do with my friends, um, when I, uh, we all talk and whatnot, you know, it's just, it, it, it adds more to the fun. So, um, I'm going to also, also try to get them in more frequently, uh, anything I would uh, I think it would be best considering how we all get down I think it would be best if we just essentially all just collaborated together and did our own little podcast um, more frequently than the one that we have now um, which is the these guys podcast also check that out on anchor anchor.fm um, as well and it's um uh, it's these guys on anchor.fm uh, but yeah just uh just, just giving you a heads up on exactly what to expect from my episodes from now on. I generally use this as a vent, so it's one of the reasons why, I, like, I don't put my all into making a podcast. I just, I, I really, I'm doing this for fun. But it, it generally is something that I use to just yeah, vent my frustrations and talk to let people know exactly how I feel about certain things and whatnot. Because hey, you know, a lot of people out there, they, generally, I've come to understand that, like, in terms of how I think. In the general consensus of things, I would be considered a contrarian, but um, also I just you know I'm very opinionated, so hey, gotta get my voice out there somehow. So this is one of the ways. So without further ado, let's get into the bitch. So if you haven't heard, um, there was a, not not a, not a debacle. I wouldn't say a debacle, but more so just a um. <laughs> a huge fuck up on um really on anyone that's a, that's basically a DC fan right now in terms of the comic books. Uh if you didn't know um right now like as far as like um like the listing of the top uh comic books um or like the the top selling ones right now. DC doesn't have anything that's not Batman related up until like uh 
like the 40th one, which is like Wonder Woman something, um, which is pretty much very jarring um, as far as, you know, it, um, sales and, uh, and stuff like that goes, or just essentially what they're doing with their comics right now. Crazy enough, movie-wise, DC is getting, getting a hell of a lot more pull than Marvel because Marvel's predictable formula is just boring as shit now. And DC is still getting buzzed with their stuff because essentially they, they've they been striking it with their characters for a long time while Marvel has basically had their bumps leading into when they finally did the MCU and whatnot. But um, yeah, it, it's just, it's weird. It's very weird. Because uh, I mean, let, let us not forget, Aquaman made a billion dollars. That's, that, that will always be impressive to me. But um. Still, it, it's just a simple fact that this is happening within their comic books and whatnot. Now, for surely, it you can go. Who gives a fuck? For like, I'm I'm a hundred percent with you on that aspect. And realistically, this isn't something that I generally would care about because the comic book industry itself has already shot itself in the goddamn stomach, as far as I'm concerned, a long time ago with being the way that being um, being the way that worked. But I have always stated the fact that, like, yeah, DC and Marvel had totally different approach when it came to doing their comic books and their characters. Marvel tried to do everything they could to use their more popular characters to expand on their other lesser-known characters, getting them to become far more popular and prevalent, things like that. The problem is the fact that they don't know how to bring something up without tearing something else down. That's why you get a bunch of Spider-Man comics that have him being shit on by the Avengers. People who don't who weren't even in his fucking stratosphere of popularity or sales back in the day, but for some reason, like in order to make the Avengers movie seem more, um, basically more better, <laughs> but to make all the um, Avengers shit and to sell more Iron Man crap and Captain America shit, you have to piss on Spider Man as much as you can in order to make them seem just better than him. Which is stupid, you know, it, it's the equivalent to like when uh, you look, read a fucking manga and you have a main character who is fighting the guy and you see him do an ultimate technique once and then some brand new person shows up and he just beats the shit out, out of the main guy or his rival. That way you can understand that this guy is really strong, but rather than like, you know, sh slowly showing a slow burn of this other person's increasing strength or anything like that, some creative writing or whatnot, nah, 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 it's just... Straight up, like, or this guy's a threat to the main character, not because he's equal in strength or something like that, but because of other things. No, no, no. It's just an immediate. Someone had to get the ass kicked early on in order for you to realize that this person is a problem. That way, when the main character fights them, then we could be like, oh, he got stronger too. Because <laughs> that's all it amounts to. But, um, I digress. <laughs> but, it, it, like, it, I hated, I've, I've always hated Marvel's way with their comics more than I did with DC because DC's approach was to just take their popular characters and milk them for all their worth. And the thing is, is that that worked in their favor once upon a time, um, simply because of the fact that never, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing you can get angry about that. What they would do, which was the smarter approach, was essentially you take your most popular characters and Rather than trying to shoehorn in a bunch of other lesser-known characters, you just have those characters tell their story. And then, because people are interested in those characters, then you sit there and go, hey, if you like them, guess who else you should like? 
bing, bang, boom, there you go. And so then it got, it, it came with the notion of like, let's just keep adding more people to the Bat family. Let's keep changing the mantle of who, who wears Batman's um, cowl and shit like that. No, no, I was right. Who keeps changing the mantle of Batman? Different shit like that in order to make things far more interesting. To the point where now you have Harley Quinn books, a fucking <laughs> 90s TV show created um, sidekick to a supervillain who's now within the popular mainstream um, point of view. So you see how exactly how crazy it got out of hand because of the fact that they only focused on like Batman, Superman and whatnot. But that Batman was their is their top billing, you know, no matter like you argue all you want. Um, Batman is DC's number one guy. Um, and like it's just that all they did was just they just like added on to that aspect of it over and over and over again to the point where, you know, Teen Titans shit only sell like sells because hey, Robin's a part of Teen Titans. Um, Young Justice shit sells because Robin's in Young Justice, so is Nightwing. It you needed and like almost everything that they did or incorporated has something with the big time people in it. Hell, they couldn't even fucking do a dark of um dark Justice League um animated movie without having Batman included in that. He's not even associated with the magic shit, but they put him in there because Batman. So, like I said, but if you've seen that movie, you understand like, hey, you was actually good. It was funny. <laughs> just having Batman around with all this magic shit and him just be like, mm. <laughs> but, but uh, the Justice League, uh, Dark Apocalypse, that that was a piece of shit. Um, but then again, their animated movies are really shitty as well. Um, but therein lies the problem with that aspect because yes, like I said, there was a positive to just you know praising your number one guy. But if you only praise your number one guy, then everyone else that you have ain't gonna get no love. And that's exactly what happened. Nobody else got any love. And then considering the fact that all they wanted to do was just praise the number one guy. Well, then you get into the issue of what they got going on right now, which is why they're just failing so hard with their comics. Um, praising your number one guy is okay. But when you introduce all this stupid ass politics and shit like that that they got going on within the comic book industry right now, well, then you're, you're royally fucking up. So... What has happened is like shit like, um, like let's say they tried to make Tim Drake gay, and they're going to say bye, but they're trying to make him gay, they're making Superman's son gay, they're turning a bunch of characters that aren't gay gay, they're making Amazonians transsexuals and shit, it, I said transsexuals, uh, trans, yeah, yeah, trans and shit like that, I said transsexuals, but trans and shit like that, doing a bunch of weird shit in terms of their politics, and they're applying it to their major and main characters. While they also have characters that basically fit these motifs, but because they're not number ones and these are the only people that they focus on, there you go. Now, Marvel's approach to this is that they're basically just um, typecasting a bunch of motherfuckers or, or tokenizing a bunch of motherfuckers so they'll change the race or make it a brand new person under someone else's mantle. And then they'll give them something stupid like, oh no, they they gobble penis all the goddamn time. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're supposed to go, oh, so there is a gay, this character, or whatnot, or, and, and it's fucking stupid on both fronts, but what DC has been doing has been far more outrageous. With Marvel, it's just people have ignored, like, people just ignore this shit now, because they've, they've been doing it for so long, but it's been such an active part of what their comics have been, be, what their comics have become, 
So they're just like, fuck it. But with DC, it's something that they've been doing longer. But, like, for sure, like, DC, like, if you look at the track record of them doing this goofy shit, they've been doing it longer and far worse than Marvel ever has. But DC was just in that realm where, like, yo, Batman outshined all of that shit. But now the stuff is affecting the things that's happening within Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman. Now it's like, well, essentially, the poison hasn't reached the heart yet. So we're still normal. But now that the poison is hitting the heart, oh, we're seeing the effects of what the fuck, or this venomous shit we let into our system. So the bullshit that comes with essentially adding all of this weird-ass gay shit and political activism and whatnot within their comic books, now this also stems from a fact that a lot of people state where, like, you know, you have um, different political viewpoints and things like that where these people essentially are attacking pop culture in order to get the um, majority of their... Um, of people's interest to sway in their direction, which is true. It's, it's a it's a psychological tactic. You wouldn't hold it against anybody, but it, it's happening. But essentially, this is something that is incredibly harmful for DC Comics because of the fact that we're at a point where no one gives a fuck about anything that they got going on because they literally made their audience only care about their most popular characters. And now that their audience only cares about their most popular characters, now that they're fucking with those characters, now their audience no longer cares about their most popular characters. You see that problem? That's that's the that's where they're that's the biggest fuck up that you could ever possibly have or could possibly imagine to take place in anything. And it's crazy that that's what's going on, but that's exactly what's going on. We are now at a point where essentially DC Comics has alienated everybody that essentially loved their shit because they only focus you know and it's like they essentially alienated everybody because the only people who are interested in their comics are only interested because the characters that they like are still there and they're still popular and they're still giving them satisfactory treatment well they did unlike with the marvel comics where it's like all these characters are getting shit on and essentially you either got used to it or some of these characters are like being done in a different way, being shown in a different light, or they're having other aspects um, showcased about them and things like that. Because I've heard tell, like, certain Spider-Man books are actually really good, um, different uh, issues and certain things, depending on what writer and whatnot that they get. It's like, yo, there's actually a pretty decent read of something. And then there's other things where it's like, yo, who the fuck thought this would be a good idea? But they would just, they would have that mix and match and shit. But with DC Comics, everything is just Batman. But then it's like, as soon as you started turning Tim Drake gay, well, now we got a problem. Then it's like, well, everybody who just likes Superman, well, now Superman's son is gay. Well, now we got a problem. Superman's son is smarter than Lex Luthor, but he's gay. <laughs> that shit decreases intelligence, correct? Uh, I don't know. That's, that's just stupid. But having, but essentially doing that, uh, what, what that did was usher in this really fucked up, uh, concept of just trying to like hey like this this will make the fans interesting it's like no you're 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 basically trying to get the help and it's like this is something that people have been said like a million times before i'm getting tired of hearing it but it's so fucking true it's disgusting because it's like you're just you're trying to make the twitter mob and a bunch of idiots who don't buy your shit 
tell you what you should do in order for people to buy your shit. And do you not understand how that does not work? And yet you choose, you actively choose to not listen to your fan base that tells you, this is not what we want, we want this. And you go, but Twitter said otherwise. The people in California want this. We went out on the streets in California. And again, I need to reiterate, because I've said this a million times before, California is its own fucking world. San Francisco and all that shit, the Beverly Hills and those motherfuckers, those assholes live in their own fucking stratosphere. They got their own orbit. They don't care about the masses of regular people. Everything that they do is inherently crazy as far as the rest of the world is concerned. So talking to those people is retarded. And I just, I hate that that has basically became a common aspect of shit. I mean, this is one of the things that's fucking up PlayStation. And I'm, I'm getting to that later. But it's so retarded <laughs> that we have this situation going on with something that's like, Batman's never been more popular. Batman has never been more popular. Um, realistically, the most popular superhero of all time is Spider-Man. And uh, I'm a Spider-Man fan, so I'm saying until the day I die. But he is the most popular superhero of all time. But as far as DC is concerned, unlike Marvel, DC got Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, who are their big three that reign supreme over everything. Marvel has Spider-Man, Hulk, Fantastic Four, and X-Men. The thing is, is that X-Men been X-Men done dropped off, and now since they bought Fox, they're probably gonna do more shit with them. But considering the new state in which Marvel is, that's not gonna be good. Um, Fantastic Four has basically always been something to where it was like, as far as comic book people are concerned, yes, they're a big fucking deal. But as far as the rest of the world is concerned, who gives a fuck about Fantastic Four? I I hate to tell, I hate to break it to you. I swear, to God, I hate to break it to you. And as I get it, Doctor Doom, Stanley's favorite villain. Everything about the Fantastic Four just seems like they're just a fun bunch and whatnot. They had their own TV show, all that shit. Guess what? No one likes the Fantastic Four. They are not cool. They're just not. They're not interesting. They're not cool. The shit that they do doesn't even make any fucking sense. Their power structure, their abilities, none of that shit. It's just, it, they're just there. Like, they became a front runner for Marvel. Sure, but, ugh. Like, God, they're just, ugh. It, just, ugh as characters like just just the entire concept of fantastic four really just ugh. and the incredible hulk is some is another character that essentially marvel has had every opportunity to just basically um work like crazy to be this big deal but they shit on him because they don't own the license into his movies and then you basically make him um a non-factor in a movie in which seeing him get a rematch with thanos and going blow for blow would have been an interesting fucking thing. But instead, you put his arm in a fucking cast and you sideline him to the rest of the movie so you can have this moment where a bunch of females stand together in a solidarity moment that makes absolutely no fucking sense. Yeah, that... You see you see how shit like that happens? You gotta tear something down in order to build something else up. Then what happened? Everyone hated that female moment. They thought it was incredibly cringy. And none of those characters are selling... Um, are, like, really popular now. They're selling more comic books. Hell, the Black Panther sequel, just, <laughs> if you know what's going on with that. <laughs> but, fuck, if that isn't something that's far more annoying or, 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 or stupid-ass uh, aspect that they got going on to where it's like, okay, you have your top characters. Let's, let's shit on them. Let's, let's change cultural aspects of them rather than telling interesting stories with these characters and whatnot. 
which is what people have grown to expect and love about these characters. No, 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 no. I have a political agenda. agenda. <laughs> I have a political agenda. I need people to understand exactly what I feel about something. Hell, what was it? The, the, um, the fucking uh, Vixen. They put Vixen in that Harley Quinn comic that's based off of the show, which is one of the things where it's like, who the fuck is reading this anyway? And the artwork looks terrible. But um, they put Vixen in there, and she's dating a disabled lesbian. And you, you would go, Vixen can get anybody she wants. She's a fucking superhero, superhero, you know, peak physical conditioning and whatnot. So whoever they choose, you would, you would want it to be the best of the best. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you ain't got a situation much like with Fantastic Four and um, The Thing, which is actually one of my favorite things about him, is the fact that that motherfucker is dating a blind woman. Who also happens to be black, by the way. But people don't like to talk about that. But um, he's dating a blind woman who essentially loves him for him, despite the fact that physically he cannot be with her because he's stuck as the thing. And this is off the crust of him basically getting a divorce from his wife, who is supposed to have loved his ass, divorced him because he was the thing. Mm. That's some that's some, some dope-ass relationship shit. But what we got with Vixen, she's with a disabled lesbian who she just actively really likes fucking. It's like she just wants to fuck her all the time like that. That's what get her goat. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but um, people don't tend to jack off to the ugliest of people. And I'm not saying it because you're disabled. I'm just saying it because it's like if you're capable of getting a 10, why the fuck would you settle for a 4? If, if you're like, this is what you're capable of getting. This is what you're capable of pulling. I get bitches. So, to sit there and go, well, why aren't you masturbating right now? Because I got bitches. I, I, <laughs> like, you understand that logic? Like, just, why would I do the lesser of, of anything when I am capable of doing the, the greatest, the grandioso or whatnot? Even if you, and it's like, it's not even in the concept of just being like, oh, so it's like she should be with like this peak, um, another superhuman or being with a superhero or something like that. And it's like, that's never the case when it comes to superheroes. Again, Spider-Man favorite superhero, motherfucking wife is Mary Jane Watson. Basic normal bitch. Um, but look at what Mary Jane Watson, like look at what Mary Jane Watson is as a person within the Spider-Man world. She's a goddamn supermodel. You, you see what I'm saying? He's fucking Spider-Man. You know, Peter Parker every day of the every day of the week is a nerd, but he is Spider-Man. And it's like, you know, you remove that sweater vest, dude is ripped. And he can climb on the walls and get in any fucking position you want. <laughs> so why the fuck would I settle for anything less than what I am capable of holding? And he can hold down Mary Jane off the cusp of him being Peter Parker. But then he ensures that he keeps that bitch. Because guess what? That motherfucker Spider-Man. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> It's not, it's, it's unrealistic as well as stupid to assume or to believe that, you know, like they'll settle for anything when, you know, you don't have something going on and like, you know, that's in, in, indictive or, or vindictive or that, that basically would 
establish something like that to actually be prevalent within this character you know and it's like is vixen someone who has a fetish for disabled people because that's kind of weird but at the same time have we always had her as a lesbian because that's also weird and then also and it was like if she's capable of being a lesbian why wouldn't she be why don't she get like the best of the best the lesbians you know and it's like if you're going to just have it to where she's with someone that's disabled like put something in there that makes that a factor that adds on to something about the character. I know it's supposed to be talking about the DC comics, but this is this is relevant. I swear to God, this is relevant. It it just seems so retarded to just basically go out of your way to include some shit like this in order to sit there and think that, oh no, this is inclusive. This is something that everyone can relate to. This is something that everyone will be okay with. And yeah, granted, it's in the fucking Joe Harley Quinn comic that's like, you don't even really need to fucking read it or whatnot, but it's just the fact that it, it's a thing. Like, that someone wrote that and then also someone went. That's totally what I can get behind. It's stupid. <laughs> by, by all means, it's fucking stupid. But it happened. You know, like, it happens. It's happening. It's what we got going on right now. It's really fucking dumb. Oh, boy. Because, like, yeah. It was like, you know, like, if you were, if you were able to be a lesbian and, like, but, you know, like, you can pull top shelf <laughs> quality bitches why would you go get the librarian down the street what like are you bored <laughs> do you just you just looking for some fun for real quick because it's like i don't feel like going out to where the supermodels at then it's like yeah that's cool but you're not just gonna stay with the librarian are you <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> it's like you why are you wasting all this potential <laughs> so much potential what are you doing you're squandering it away you're squandering it away <laughs> oh my goodness but going back to the um to the to the lineup essentially it's it's incredibly it's embarrassing it's embarrassing as shit because even marvel has different comics throughout like the lineup of comics that are being sold that essentially are um different <laughs> than just spider-man or anything like that and the fact that DC doesn't have that, and that so many comic book people are talking about it, it's like, yeah, it's it makes sense. This is not this is a sign of the bad times. Because what's the what's the next big movie that DC has coming out? Batman. What's the next hype up thing that DC has to people from for people to look forward to? Batman. I mean, even the fucking Flashpoint movie that they have, one of the major aspects of it is that Michael Keaton is gonna be in there. As who? It's, it's fucking sad that essentially it was like, yo, you guys rely on so much on this guy and um, just being on his coattails that you don't understand that fucking with him is the last thing you would ever want to do. Making Tim Drake gay, stupid. That it just doesn't make any sense. Having Batgirl be a character or be a main focus of a movie or some shit like that, stupid really fucking stupid turning her black really fucking stupid also the notion of just keep this in the back of your mind they're constantly changing redhead characters into black people i don't know why it's really fucking weird and i don't like it they don't do this with blonde people they only do it with redheads it's like um trish marigold in the witcher she's black um bad girl's black the the new batwoman is black <laughs> that one don't count that one don't count but it didn't make her black though. And then Batwoman wears a red wig. I don't know. I, 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 
the thin line between love and hate. <laughs> um, in like a Superman animated series is going to be on HBO Max. I believe they like kept it hush hush because people hated it when they first announced it. But I believe they're still going to make it because why the fuck not? Um, what's his name? Uh, Superman's like the guy who takes pictures of shit all the time. Um, he's like like his little buddy. <laughs> um, that guy he uh he's he, they turn him black. Uh, it's weird that that's a thing, but like, they keep doing it, and I find it odd, um, because I don't like that. I don't want that. Make an original black character. There are black people that Superman can interact with. Have them take up far more, um, of a, uh, basically of a presence within the story than what they usually did back in the day, because everything was focused on Superman. Let's add more characters. Let's give more depth to a lot of shit. Let's not just make Superman sad or brooding to try and copy Batman, but instead, let's just make his world interesting, his, the people he interact with, interesting, other shit, interesting, we could do that, that, that'd be pretty cool, um, but no, because what was it, they, they turned, um, their, the Daily Planet, um, editor into, um, a black guy in the, um, the Dark, and the, the Dark Knight, in the Man of Steel movies, because uh, it's like, hey, why not? They turned the editor in um, fucking Team Ninja Turtles with um, Megan Fox. Gosh, she's hot. With uh, Megan Fox into a fucking um, uh, Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> and then I was like, why are you doing that? It's weird that they're finding small ways to basically include or add a character or add a person to take up a character. Ooh, uh, Jim Gordon is going to be black in the Batman movie. Now, here's the weirdness with that double standard, though, because... Like, this is something that I find myself at a, at a crossword with. Characters that I originally create, I would hate for anyone to change any aspect of those characters into any other race than what I originally um, intended for them to be when I created them. This is, this is a, a fucking fact as far as I'm concerned with anything that I made. I hate the notion of changing something because you believe that this character can be represented by race. At the same notion, I understand the argument that if the if the race is not an issue, why am I why do I feel so strongly about um, changing said race or like not mining or like mining changing a race if the race is not something that um, uh, basically uh, defines this character? Well, the counter argument to that aspect is well if if that is a if that is the way how you feel, then why am I being um, given the opportunity to change its race in the first place? If the race is not a factor, why are we trying to change it? You see what I'm saying? Like it, it's such a it's such a bullshit thing for anyone to say or for anyone to do. Because even in terms of the acting field or the acting world, when they sit there and they say something out of their ass, like, "Well, you know, you're getting the best actor for the job" or some shit like that. Bullshit. No, you aren't. Because if you were, then the best actor for the job would be the actor that fits the profile of the character that how they were originally created. Guess what, bitch? They were white. So even still, I see the things that like um. You know, uh, uh, fucking, I was say Michael, <laughs> Madam C.J. Walker, I was about to say, but uh, Morpheus being the editor of the Daily Planet, or Whoopi Goldberg being the editor of Team and the Turtles, uh, TMNT, I'm just to say that, yeah, TMNT, um, or having Jim Gordon be played by a black guy. I don't mind that. I don't care because the content and the the content and the characters and who they're supposed to play and who they're supposed to represent aren't being distorted in my mind because I know who they are and I know what they're supposed to be. But at the same time, they're not my creation. They're not, that's not my work. Now, I would fight against, you know, not doing shit like that because that doesn't bode well for me in the fucking future when it comes to shit that I want to create 
at the same time. But also, I would be on the crest of going like, you know, it's not that big of a deal for me because I'm enjoying the content that is being presented to me in the way that's being presented. I could give two shits. I have nothing to do with this. I'm just here for a good time. So give me a good time. It all depends on whether or not you can give me a good time. I don't give a damn if your hoe ain't got no teeth. If she can suck, then I'm down for a gummer. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> it's a, Like I said, it's a double standard. And I can't change the way I feel about that. But it is it is what it is. It's a double standard. But at the same time, I would be on the... I would have the rally cry of essentially being like, yes, no, I do not agree with changing this character's race simply because you believe that this would be an um, aspect of representation. It isn't. We are, what's the word, tokenizing. You are you are taking this character and you're making them a token black character or a token black um, transition simply because you felt that this was the only way to make a black person a main character. There have been main black characters within Batman. Lucius Fox, for the love of God, that is such a major fucking player within the Dark Knight movies. Did we need to change the race of Jim Gordon in order for Lucius Fox to shine in the story? No, we did not. They did not. Do we need to make any of the gangsters um, outside of the black ones black? No, we didn't because that's not their world. That's not what they were doing. But you give them far more presence in the story than has ever been done before, for sure. Because guess what? No one's fucking done that yet. So, like I said, in terms of enjoy, because like I'm looking forward to the Batman movie. I don't give a damn what anybody has to say. I'm looking forward to that movie. Uh, just I hope it's good. Really do hope that it's good. Um, it's like all the stars are aligned. The 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 writing's on the walls that that might be a good movie. But you know, hey, who, who knows? You know, I'm I'm skeptical as a motherfucker. Um, you guys know how I felt about the goddamn Into the Spider Verse. I mean, not Into the Spider Verse. Uh, I love that movie. Um, the fucking No Way Home movie. Um, that that movie's a fifty-fifty to me, half good, half bad. But it, I'm not. I, I'm actually looking forward to the Batman movie. I think that that's going to be really fucking interesting. Um, but at the same time, you know, Jim Gordon being turned black is not something that is like I'm losing fucking sleep over that. As long as the the movie itself is interesting, I know Jim Gordon is white. I know he's supposed to have a big ass fucking mustache and all that shit. I get that. Oh, someone likes Daniel, but uh, I get that. But it's like I just like I said, it is, it is very much a double standard. Um, so I, I I find that weird. I find that odd. But it is something that basically is is also hindering a lot of the progress that's going on with um with, with these fucking uh with, with the comic books and things like that because you're just having so much of this bullshit going on within everything that you're doing and every aspect that you're. Um, trying to cope with or like this this approach that you're having with all this stuff that your actual fans are seeing through this bullshit and they do not like it and then you have the people who essentially are um are just are just just clamoring and like talking to you because they think that oh you we know what's best or we we know exactly what you want or uh or how you feel about something is like this is what the people actually want and this is we're going to tell you what the people want so do it and having this aspect is is just doing nothing but harming your brand all the way through and because of that you know the the, the proof is in the pudding so now you have this trebulent um concept of essentially um 
a bunch of like you you know in the market in which comic books are basically slowly dying right now, which is their own freaking market. Um, they're they're slowly dying, and the only thing you have that has its head above the water is nothing but Batman content because all the other comics and all the other content you made has basically catered towards people that don't buy comics. And guess what? They're not buying your comics. So, hey, will they learn? Of course not. DC right now, I believe like their front runners like these two chicks that they started in like 2019 or something like like back during the no, like in the in the end of 2020 or something like that. And even still, they keep having these dumb idiot ideas that's going on with stuff because it's like, oh, it's such a such a big thing that we have Superman stand up for the guys and and making Superman gay or something like that. And it's like, yeah, common people don't know about this stuff, nor do they care. And then you have anyone that would possibly be interested into these stories because they're introduced to these characters, which are more popular than ever before because of the movies and TV shows and whatnot. And you guys continuously make everything that they're doing uninteresting to where it's like the only thing they'll be good for are movie IPs because Lord knows the TV shows are kind of crap as well. But yeah. And then these movies are not that good because look at what happened with Wonder Woman. And then it was like, should be bigger and badder in the sequel. And you let the chick who directed it take full range behind everything. And it turns out she'll know how to make a goddamn movie. So is that because she has a vagina or because she's full of herself? I don't know. <laughs> but that's just a theory, a game theory. Oh, man, I feel bad for using that like that, but I um, recently like looked into that guy for like a bunch of uh, FNAF stuff, because that's actually a very interesting lore concept, but yeah, that's, that's one thing. <laughs> okay, so moving right along, um, I generally wanted to talk about this subject because, uh, it was something that basically uh, came to my attention because of a friend of mine. Um, Jamin, if you're listening to this, which you're probably not, but this one's for you, dude. Uh, <laughs> it's a subject matter that essentially, um, you know, when he went, when, when he mentioned to me, and I was like, oh, that's actually something to dive deep on and talk about. Because um, a lot of people don't generally talk about this because uh, as I've, I've always been an advocate towards the uh, anime fandom. I do consider myself an otaku. Um, but at the same notion, it, I, I'm one of those people who love anime, but at the same time, I hate it. <laughs> I hate that I love... I hate that I, I hate my love for it, but at the same time, I love hating it. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, this is actually something uh, when, it, when it involves relationships. And typically, you could surmise this in terms of just how eastern um storytelling is and how it's structured differently from western storytelling um but more so how eastern storytelling has developed its um, notion of relationships or love for that matter and how realistically it is really bad like really fucking bad and as far as 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 well and as much as we progressed as human beings and as in storytelling and as well as characters and things like that and the fact that the information superhighway is the way that it is and we have a tumultuous amount of different examples of people diving deeper or actually catering towards these um these concepts 
it's really fucking annoying when you look at something like an anime that tries its damnedest to be either an incredibly great story with wonderful characters or um a resounding notion of just um uh creative power sets abilities and things like that but then when it comes down to a relationship or people actually generally giving a fuck about one another and showcasing that they suck they suck big time they they are really bad at doing that even like it, to to the point where shonen like like as far as shonen goes they literally have to tell you that these characters like each other that's that's the only way for you to come to that conclusion or that's the only way to believe that you would come to that conclusion is that it's it's explicitly told to you from the get-go now shoujo has more an abrupt and idiotic motion uh notion towards that as well as it's um showcase of that is just that a girl likes a guy and that she's just overly zealous in her fondness of this guy and then you're basically proceeding to see the guy kind of warm up to her or her charm winning over the guy that she basically likes it's totally the opposite of like the general slice of life stories in which you have a guy who basically head over heels for the most popular girl in school cliche um and then him slowly building up a rapport with this girl in order for her to um like him as well and the reason that it's different from the shoujo aspect is because the shoujo aspect is, is that the girl is essentially um she's her own person she's her own character and then she's she does what she does and that's the quirkiness and the attractiveness of the character which is why you like reading about her and then the guy is just this perfect fucking guy and he just kind of is like man that girl's amazing while the opposite of it which is the slice of life aspect when you have a guy in love with the most popular girl in school or whatever and shit like that is that that the dude is meant to be an everyman he does not represent his own individual fucking character in fact they never represent their own individual fucking character they're generally what's supposed to be depicted as your average high schooler dealing with this and then you're just seeing him come out on top and actually obtaining the woman that he's pining for why it's so unbelievably retarded is the fact that essentially um anime has gotten the everyman wrong in on so many levels it's ridiculous when you look at essentially what we um over here in the west would consider an everyman generally those characters are the most or are far more relatable characters are still characters unto themselves they're just relatable the things that they go through and the things that happen are relatable there's a reason people like the show Friends more than a plethora of other fucking sitcoms. And the fact that people can rewatch it even today, even though it came out a long time ago. <laughs> it, there's a reason that Seinfeld is still something that's really good and prevalent uh, as a show. There's a reason that Always Sunny in Philadelphia has been on for so many fucking seasons as it did. Or even when Married with Children was on for a really long time. Most of the more popular sitcoms that have ever existed over here in the West have been over characters that essentially had their own design, their own makeup, you know, they they were a character, they were a person, and then they just went through shit, and then when you saw it, it was like, this is what that person would do in this situation, but the trick is, is that I could still relate to that, because I understand this character, as well as being a person, I can see that fucking happening, so it makes sense, you know, like small little mix of what is it like? Modern Family did that shit all the time, uh, I, and I, I love that about it. 
Um, it was like just they would do small little individual shit that would just basically blow up in their faces as these big, crazy ass problems that realistically was like, man, if they just only realize or like if their 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 character flaw of not understanding this about themselves would and like if that was anyone else, they wouldn't be going through this problem. But because it's them, they're going through this problem. Much like how people love fucking Spider-Man. It like the shit that happens with him in terms of like all the girls that broke up with him that he's dated before and things like that. It literally boils down to if he wasn't Spider-Man, they'd still be together. But he is Spider-Man, so oh well. But I understand that and I can relate to it because I've been in relationships before where you had to break up with a girl because hey, situation called for it. Sometimes hey, I gotta move. Sometimes it's like. We just don't see eye to eye on certain topics or subjects, or we're constantly fighting or arguing. Shit like that is relatable. It, it's stuff that you can understand and you can relate to with the character. They don't have that with anime characters. And I'm not even speaking on the aspect of me not being Japanese or going to a Japanese high school. I'm talking in terms of just those characters having a fucking personality. They don't have a personality. Generally, a lot of them kind of just boil down to just being this... Uh, this uh, basically blank slate of a character, which is intentional. They intentionally make these blank slate characters in order to facilitate anyone be able to put themselves in that, in that character's shoes so they can feel that way. But the problem is the fact that those characters aren't people. They're not real characters. By making them a blank slate, you literally make them nothing. They're nobody that you can actually grab hold of or actually relate to or even care about. Because you've seen this same fucking character's trope, archetype, and things like that over and over and over and over again. Some of my favorite examples of characters who basically go against this mold in terms of a relatability for um, like a young man, whether or not you want them to be Japanese or not, is like I still look at them and I can fucking relate to what they got going on. Is a favorite anime of all time, Golden Boy, Kentaro Oi. The nigga had a personality. The shit that he did was not something that you would be like, oh yeah, a normal person would do this. Fuck no. Dude liked to rub his face up against toilets after a woman that he like used it. Fucking weird. <laughs> but at the same time, I thought it was fucking funny. Still think it was funny. But he has his own personality, his own mindset, his own way of approaching and doing things. And yet at the same time, his way of impressing people is through his own merits, not through the actions or the different types of things that he do in order to make the girls like, shine out or like sing praises to their beauty and shit like that a lot of the times the girls fall, a lot of the times or most of the times the girls fall for him because of the things that he did and which was just a base this is him and it was like and then so even though these girls are like way out of his league the fact that he was just being himself and that still garnered them to fall for him is one of the things that makes him incredibly relatable it's one of the things that makes him really interesting of a character uh, another one is um, fucking K. Corono from Gantz. And uh, as much as, like, you know, it, it's over and done with, I still would say Gantz is a good manga to read. The, the ending is still just kind of meh. But as a manga as a whole, especially from what the anime fucking did, it, it gets so much better. And it has so much more to offer as a story. But the character of K. Corono was someone who generally I looked upon and while reading Gantz, I was like, this is a fucking normal high schooler. This is how a teenager would act, given the circumstances and situations. He sees a girl with big boobs that he immediately falls for and likes, and he just, all he wants to do is pervy stuff with her. 
but he let but then it's like that's actually something that eventually it gets to a point where he just can't not let that be known like yeah i i really want to do things to you because i'm a prepubescent teen i'm a teenager and i, I get i get horned up girl <laughs> and you're just around and we're you know, like you acting like we can't fuck you're like ah, that that's that's a that's a deal breaker honey <laughs> that's a deal breaker because it's like that's not what his life should be about he should just be sitting there catering to this girl simply because and then like she's pining for another guy but at the same time doesn't really care for him or his advances and then it's like at one point in time in the story he just gets to a point where he goes get out because it's like what what are we doing i'm just gonna sit here and take care of you without no rest of the and then like even don't even go like you know well just because she's attractive and anything doesn't mean that he owes her anything well be fair no but at the same time he is letting her stay in his house he's giving her food and letting her live there and she knows what to expect because he kind of lets her know exactly what he wants off the on the table like he puts that on the table and from the get-go this is what i want <laughs> from you and when rent due when you tell your landlord well i don't have money per se <laughs> but i can pay you in friendship get out you gotta get out that's not what the deal was it's not what was on the table um, i'm i'm being hyperbolic here right now but but it's just what gantz did in terms of actually having k as a character and because it doesn't just boil down to that was that he was a horned up teenager because he was a fucking teenager actually let that be known he had an idol girl that he really liked but at the same time it wasn't like he just put his life on pause in order for him to only try to get that girl. No, in fact, later in the story, they actually show that girl and she actually finds and gets a crush on Kay. But at the time, he'd be dating another girl that he actually generally likes. And so he lets her know, sorry, I can't be with you because I actually like this other girl. But it's cool. And it's like, if this was any other time, if you would have asked me before then, then yeah, I'd be super happy about it. But it's not. And I actually care about this person. I'm that kind of a guy. You know how reliable I am as a man. So I'm not going to betray that just for you, even though you would be like my ideal woman once upon a time. But I'm sorry, I met someone. And I love that aspect about him. But that's something that is within his character. That is something that was made very much aware of within his fucking development as a person up until that point. And which is why I liked him as a main character, because it was so fucking interesting and cool to see that aspect of him. So it wasn't so seeing like the whole every man or blank slate character that is generally depicted with the anime, especially like a slice, slice of life shit or um, any power fantasy type bullshit or whatnot. When you do that, you have there's nothing to connect your audience with with the character, which is one of the reasons why these characters blend into obscurity so fucking well like they're just it's like yeah remember this story yeah did this and did that whatever and it's like yeah but it's not anything that i haven't seen before nor does the character do anything that i wouldn't basically correlate to something that another character has already did because these blank slates just are copy paste characters they don't fucking go outside the realm of anything else everything is friendship everything is caring about this caring about that i protect my friends or i like her and i can't like you all that bullshit but that's not real that's not what people are that's not how people function that's not what people do you know it's like um, the, one of the stupidest things in anime when it comes to relationships and whatnot is when one character actually um, works up the courage to ask out another character but then or like that or like some character like admits their feelings or something like that 
And then a character would turn them down because they like someone else, but they're not sure if their feelings for that person has been, you know, well-received or if they'll come back or anything like that. Or they'll ask out the person that they like, and then that person will essentially turn them down in an obscure way without generally giving a definite no, but at the same time not necessarily saying yes. And um, it's really stupid when they do that, and it's only to milk out the relationship aspect, and it's like one of the biggest faux pas of all of their fucking drama and um, romance stories um, ever. Stories, stories. <laughs> but it's one of the like the biggest stupid things that ever happened in their romance stories, because it's like, oh, I'm going to give you phrases rather than an answer. And it's like, uh, like, I like you. Would you like to go out? You know, the world is not right in the times of the moons, but maybe someday our star will shine again. What? And it's like, yes or no? Yes or no, stupid? Like, oh my goodness. And it happens all the fucking time. And it's annoying. But then you have that same character who was just basically shot down, and then another character will come up to him and go, hey, I like you. Do you want to go out? That character will literally respond with the with the notion of I can't because I still have feelings for her, but she she turned you down, right? But there might be a chance. That doesn't that's not how the fucking world works, dude. Like that doesn't make any goddamn sense unless you unless the author was specifically letting me know that this is not the end of their romance. This is just a bump in the road before they finally start going out. And then have you ever noticed that these romance stories themselves, especially with the high school ones? only deal up to the point in which the characters actually ask the other one out. It never deals with their relationship. It, it only goes up to a certain extent. And it's like, once the relationship starts, that's the end of the fucking journey. After that, it's supposedly just, you're just supposed to assume they're smooth sailing. Like, there'll never be a problem with these characters being with one another ever again. And I find that fucking appalling. I find it appalling because it's stupid and it's not real. It, it, and, you know, it's not just, that, like, that's personally me being like you know i wish there would be more in their little uh, romance stories and shit like that and it's like yeah I, I really would but just on the sake of, of clarifying and being like real for a moment um one of my well, well one of the first harem stories i've ever read which was like a cornerstone of me getting into anime was um the story of uh, ichigo 100 percent or strawberry 100 percent and um one of the main aspects of that story is that in the very beginning the main character asked out a girl to be his girlfriend the quirkiness of it is the fact that he asked her out because he thought she was this girl that he saw that he essentially kind of fell for upon first seeing her. And the thing is, is that he finds out that it wasn't the girl that he saw at first. It was actually, like, it was, it, that was a different girl entirely. So then his feelings and his emotions get kind of conflicted because the girl that he acts out is not the girl that he generally intended to act out. But now he's going out with her. He puts his all into actually going out with this girl, even though he kind of generally had feelings for another girl. And then upon getting to know the other girl, he finds out he finds out that he has far more in common with her than he did with that he does with the girl that's actually his girlfriend. But at the same time, he slowly starts to begin to build up more of a common interest with the girlfriend that he has, which is really cool. And the story itself doesn't just revolve around them and their relationship and like the quirkiness of him liking another girl and eventually breaking up with her so he can go out with the other girl no the story is about his journey through high school dealing with this shit or well in the end of middle school going into high school um dealing with the relationships and the different people that he meet that helps him grow as a person up until the point where when the story finally reaches its conclusion um and how he is and like relationships and things like that 
And I love it. I love it because one of my favorite aspects about it is that my favorite girl was the girl he ended up with. Um, Sukasa for life, baby. But uh, <laughs> it's still, it still was something to where it was like, even even though like you can basically say, well, isn't that state like vindictive of um uh you know similar to how you were talking about the blank slate characters and slice of life stories? It was like no, because of the fact that that character actually had a dream. He actually had a goal he was working to. There's a, like a huge chunk of the story in which he's not dating anybody, but he still has conflicted emotions and feelings for different people. Because, yeah, eventually he does break up with the girlfriend of him around the beginning. And he has like conflicted emotions and feelings and shit like that going on. And it was like, yeah, there is a plethora of different moments and shit like that that go on to where the story is driven by him, his character. Different things that happen to him and the different girls that he meets or the different times that, um, he actually gets hold of or has more people starting to like him and shit like that come from his character. The thing that makes him appealing towards everyone, it's it's all revolving around his character. Hell, there's a point before he actually breaks up with the girlfriend and boy at first where she comes to talk to him so she can break up with him. And then she remembers exactly why she liked him so much when, she, when they were um, frequently seeing each other. And then she was like, yeah, never mind. I, I still want to go out. And it was like, we just haven't been talking for a while because both of us have been busy with school. And she was feeling that, you know, them dating, like, is that still a thing? Is that still going on? And she was kind of ready to put the nail in the coffin on a relationship. But then just hanging out with them for a day, she realized like, oh, yeah, I forgot. You're a great guy. You're someone that I want to be with. So, yeah, their reason for breaking up later is um just one of those things where it was like they... It was like, yeah, it was a stupid thing that the, the writer just had to do, but it was like un, unrealistic for like a teenage boy in that situation. But it was like, this is this is how emotions work. <laughs> you would pass up this opportunity when you're a young boy on the cusp of your um, sexual awakening. Fucking idiots. <laughs> but the Japanese have an issue with dealing with that. But again, a lot of the story is driven and, and pushed through because of the character and whatnot and what, has, and what happens. So... Even the main flaws of, like, the girls that you essentially have would just basically all boil down to the fact that, like, yo, none of them nutted up and actually axed this nigga out um, when he finally was free of being in a relationship. But that's just how they portray people's feelings. Like, oh, the girl can't ask out the guy. Why not? <laughs> and then in that story, a girl asks him out. And it's like, why? And it's like, why was she the only one smart enough to finally do this? What was stopping everyone else? I don't know. <laughs> Oh, man, I'm not saying it's the best harem out there. I'm not even saying it's, like, one of my all-time favorites, but I am saying that it was something that got me introduced into anime um, and liking the harem genre, if you will. Um, I just like the concept of a dude, like a bunch of girls want, uh, wanting to get them. Um, no one's been able to do it good, but, you know, I just like that concept. Well, unless you're reading a hentai, but... <laughs> who, who does that? <laughs> not me. So, it... It generally bugs the fuck out of me that essentially you see these stories that try to depict or have someone say that they're in a relationship or that they love each other and whatnot. And then you generally have all of their like moments kind of boiled down to fucking Goku and Chi Chi from Dragon Ball, where it's like she appeared once early on in the series and then literally at the very end grown and then she was just saying, well, we promised to get married. And the main character was like, I have no fucking idea what you're talking about. And then she's kind of upset about that. And then him going, well, I guess we got to get married. 
and then they get fucking married. And and that's all that like especially showing that's all that they try to do in terms of facilitating a relationship. And it's so terrible. Um I believe it was like Frank Miller talked about it because it's like it, it's not something that just infects um or 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 is infested in fucking uh Eastern culture, um a lot of stuff because this shit is, is like What's bad about this relationship crap in anime is nowhere near as bad as the shit is with the Chinese stuff. Chinese shit with relationships are god awful. It, it it's damn near as if once you once the woman admits that she likes a guy, that is it. You are subservient to this motherfucker until you die. <laughs> be God be damned if you had any other dreams or goals prior to that. Fuck that noise. <laughs> it's like you had a talent. You was this awesome fighter before you met this boy that was a fighter. Once you admit that you liked him, that's it for your for your um for you getting stronger as a fighter or anything like that. He's going to surpass you and then immediately always stay above you. Fuck anything that you got going on. It is the worst when it comes to um that shit in, in the Chinese stuff. I, I can't stand it in the Chinese stuff, but I digress. But again, it's not that like we in the West don't have this issue as well, because uh, I believe like Frank Miller actually spoke about how because of, like once once I saw this I was like damn like I feel like that's incredibly real and very truthful um because essentially uh the comic book writer uh, Frank Miller basically was saying like you know we have like most comic book people write these operatic battle scenes and shit like that but then when it actually comes down to a romance they they don't know what the fuck they're doing and it is like why like why is it that you put your all into the fighting and the action and whatnot but when it comes to just general human like compatibility or just the appeal of these people getting together you know you can't make um your audience feel as if man like this is a love that is meant to last a lifetime or anything like that and it's like they don't write shit like that it's fucking weird and put they don't now you could chalk this up to the fact that the appeal of this stuff is something that generally isn't really wanted by a majority male audience you could you could chalk that up but at the same time story is story and talent in writing is talent in writing because let's not act like romeo and juliet is not a love story that so many people already know understand and have either read or forced to read it if you went in high school or whatnot you had that kind of teacher or anything like that but you've read this story you know the story the story is popular for a fucking reason hell there's a majority of people out there who might deny the fact that they've seen a rom-com but realistically they've probably seen about a good two or three of them no denying that you know and it's like you watch this stuff you just probably don't know that you were watching it you probably didn't even realize that it was a rom-com or that it was something that generally isn't targeted towards you um but you still probably watched it, you still probably enjoyed it, and you still understood what the message was trying to convey in terms of like, hey, it's these people trying to get together. Hell, Jerry Maguire is a rom-com. What that story has so much going on with like the Cuba Gooden Jr. being a football player trying to get signed on part that someone could watch it and not really understand that the actual aspect of this movie is that it's a relationship drama thing going on with uh, what's it, Tom Cruise and uh, uh, Renee Zellweger. <laughs> That's what it is, you know? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? But that's how well that movie was done. And like, yeah, I've seen that movie. So yeah, that's that's a, another movie that I've seen as a rom-com. But it's it, it doesn't mean that I can't look at this, relate to it, or, or 
like it or anything like that. It just means that it exists. It, it might not, I might not fit the target audience parameter, but that doesn't mean that I can't be an audience as well. It doesn't mean that I can't look at this and go, hey, you know, I generally stayed away from this genre of stuff, but this is the diamond in the rough for me. Um, what's, it's a movie that I really like that got a Chris O'Neill, and it's a movie where essentially it's like a play. Like the whole movie is based off of a fucking Three Stooges um, episode where the um, it's a Three Stooges episode where Shep basically inherits a whole bunch of money. But in order for him to inherit it, he has to get married. And literally, that's what the, the movie is where uh, it's like Chris, let's say Chris O'Neill, Chris O'Donnell. Uh, the what's his name? Dude who was Robin on um, Batman Forever. Um, he works for LL Cool J now. <laughs> but it's a movie where him and like he's running away from a bunch of women trying to marry him. Um, but he actually, I think that movie also got the name so which I think so. But like, I really like that movie because uh, the it's hilarious as hell to see him running down the street with like a whole bunch of women wearing bridal gowns trying to get married to his ass. And some of them are trying to marry him for the money, and others are just trying to marry him so they can get married. And I love it. I love that scene. Like that whole is like the Titanic. This whole movie um, teeters off of this satisfactory ending, and it's just love. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so it's like I could deal with everything else this movie has to offer as long as I get to see this motherfucker run from a bunch of women wearing bridal outfits. Like I love it. <laughs> bridal outfits, bridal um, gowns, <laughs> wedding gowns. There you go, bridal outfits. The fuck is wrong with me? But it it it's just something that I, I think it's it's weird that we had we've evolved in story so much that oh well I mean like you know character development is already something that's like fucking it, like non-existent in anime um, when you think about it like characters are always just their baseline of what they are and who they are just shit just happens to them um, but it's just that we've evolved so much within stories and whatnot that I felt I feel that we could do more or for damn sure do better when it comes to facilitating relationships or just having people care about one another or to actually generally have me look especially like watching a fucking anime and then telling myself these two characters generally love each other the moments that they share with each other are it's just happiness and I like that I generally enjoy it and I think that it's cool damn all the action and the shit that's going on and that's just that's something else that's happening that's involved in this anime but at the same time i can still look at it and go they actually like each other their relationship was built like how a fucking relationship would get built it started it started when the with that <laughs> it just it started and it inevitably like it needs to lead into something but i understand that this is happening just because you have your character say, I like you, and then another one says, I like you too, that doesn't mean that I believe their relationship is real. That doesn't mean that they're in love with each other. It, it, that doesn't mean that at all. You need to show me, and not by having your characters give exposition towards every fucking thing that they do. You need to actually let me see that, yes, they care about each other. I understand that they care about each other. Not because you facilitated that they were childhood friends since they were younger. That way you can cut out any notion of them getting to know one another. Which is which is literally what that's done for. It's the fucking... It, it's such a goddamn cop-out in terms of trying to actually showcase or build up a relationship between two characters. Like, why are they so used to each other? They grew up together. The end. So they obviously are meant to be with each other. The shit's not real, doesn't happen, and it's fucking stupid. But... That's just what anime does, and it's like it's it's a 
it's a way of shining shining um away from actually showcasing a relationship because they're so bad at dealing with that shit. So they like a clear sign of a hack made writer. If you whenever they introduce a um, especially like in a fucking harem, if the main character likes another girl and then they either introduce or they do start off with a fucking childhood friend just to immediately give away that that, that notion like yeah um, well they already have a pre-existing relationship because i said so <laughs> it's a cop-out it's a big time cop-out um but it, the, the the equivalent of um adding a bitch after you already had the main character say that he's only in love with one particular character big cop-out and it's like i have nothing else to do with this story so i'm gonna add a bitch they're not gonna do anything. They're not gonna change anything. But she's quirky, adding a little juice to add a little juice to the mix. So yeah, won't that be great? Won't people love me for that? Like you're just another girl that might be a potential waifu, but she's not because I already made sure that the pink haired girl is gonna be his forever. Fucking idiots. <laughs> so you see how like it, it just really devolves now. It, it devolved into just basically being cliches when it comes to the spice of life or the every man blank slate type characters and whatnot everything just basically runs under the cliche aspect of anime and so because of that there's nothing to progressing it forward there's nothing that's happening that's going to make it any uh any worse for wear or anything like that or any creativity or nothing like that and so because of that and because the anime uh industry itself basically acts for so little in order for shit to just get done it, it'll forever stay that way. And it's fucking atrocious, which, which is something that I just, I just can't fucking stand. I mean, in the West, you have like the superhero comics and things like that deal with relationships as if it's just bull. But there are so many superhero characters that basically have relationships with other characters that essentially you know for a fact, like, yeah, this is kind of meant to be what it is. Much like with... um. Uh, you know, Superman and Lois Lane, Batman and Catwoman, uh, Mary Jane Watson and um, Spider-Man. Yes, I said Mary Jane. Mary Jane Watson and Spider-Man. Or e the even far more tragic aspect of Gwen Stacy and Spider-Man, or Gwen Stacy and Peter Parker, um, which leads into the Mary Jane and Spider um, and Peter Parker relationship. Which, honestly, I think, as far as comic goes, um, is something that will never be topped, especially considering what comics are right now, which are basically just gay um it'll never be topped in exactly how emotionally satisfying that concept is to where literally the only reason mary jane is or became the potential suitor for peter parker is because of the death of Gwen stacy which is one of his more um more epic as well as more heart-wrenching moments within his history of being spider-man but then at the same time Mary Jane is not the first choice girl. She's not Superman's Lois Lane. She's not Batman's Catwoman. You know, the only the only women who understood these characters at the height of when they were when they were who they were. No, Mary Jane is second best. She is the runner up, the first girl. Like, yeah, I mean, Gwen Stacy is even clarified as being um, fucking uh, Spider-Man's uh, love, the love of his life. So. No matter what, like as much as they might try to push that with anything else, it was like you can't take that aspect away from her character, which is that she is identified and is associated with being Spider-Man's love of his life. So that means that Mary Jane will always be second best. She will always be the runner-up. In fact, Mary Jane's um, serious nature or her basically becoming far more adult or maturing 
actually was a result of um, Gwen Stacy's death, as she saw it as basically, you're not going to live forever. You want, you're here today, gone tomorrow, so you need to live life to the fullest, have fun while doing it, but bitch, you ain't immortal. And <laughs> and considering that she lives in the goddamn Marvel Universe, that is so true. This <laughs> is so, so true. And it leads to her basically building up a better relationship with Peter Parker, as well as like coming down from her party girl aspect and things like that, which makes Peter Parker like her more, which generally was something that he kind of distanced himself from because that wasn't what he was attracted to in a woman. But when she became more serious, which she thought she one she needed to do and she wanted to do, and then upon doing that and liking herself because she did that, a lot of the people that she associated with basically broke away from her because they only liked the party girl, Mary Jane. And then when she became more serious and she felt comfortable being more serious, that allowed for Peter Parker to open up with her more, which is what led to them actually getting married. It's a wonderful concept of a story. It's a wonderful concept of a romance and a relationship because it has so many fucking layers and levels that build upon it. There's so much development of the characters actually facilitating this want and this like for one another. Hell, even when Mary Jane does date um, Peter Parker and whatnot, they still have issues because she does not know that he's Spider-Man. So even if she is now a girl that he generally is putting his all into, he still can't really catch a break because he's still fucking Spider-Man. And he has to be that way. Like, that's it. like he has to be Spider-Man and he has to do this. But the fact that Mary Jane persisted throughout all of the bullshit that they went through, you know, whether they were on again or off again or whatnot, she was always someone that he came back to or she came back to him because of who he was. That's something that facilitated as well as structured and grounded their fucking relationship to be something as important as Mary Jane and Peter Parker. To make it to um to where it was like something where you look at and you associate her like you would Lois Lane with Superman or Catwoman with Batman. I understand why they need to be together. I understand why when they say they're in love with each other, it fucking makes it makes sense and it matters. It it does so much. <laughs> like it, it's it's crazy how certain aspects of comics actually deal with that but it's like you need to read so many other fucking comics in order for that to be associated or brought out while manga and anime struggle to do this with just one goddamn story you see what i'm saying it's like like yes you have the added aspect of that comic books basically needed years in order for them to develop and whatnot and then realistically there's multiple universes that tell different stories and whatnot but you chuck that up to whatever but just generally dealing with those characters and making them who they are or what they are comic books had a, a very long time to establish that but that doesn't mean that anime doesn't have just as much time and should put in just as much effort to also facilitate those types of relationships the issue that i have is the fact that i know that they have the goddamn potential they have the fucking audience that thirst for this type of shit as they hark on and they bring up so much crap about shipping characters together or um, making characters want to like each other. And essentially, all you make everything boil down to, generally, like I said earlier with the Goku and the Chi-Chi thing, you also have it to where it's like with Naruto and Hinata, to where it's the it's the un, un, undisputed concept when reading or watching Naruto, that Hinata should have been the girl that was going to end up with him. And considering the fact that nothing happens throughout the entire series that basically grounds that, or to give it actually some substance, is a big fucking issue. Nothing happens. Even when um, Hinata finally admits that she likes Naruto before being struck down by pain, 
what happens? Naruto goes angry, but then he doesn't talk to Hinata about what was said. They don't try to build up slowly a relationship or anything like that because of what happened. No, that literally is something that's swept under the fucking rug until the very end where it just time skipped that they're married now with two kids. And, and you as the viewer basically, as the audience basically has to go, yeah, that totally can happen because they stated that she likes him. And I've seen for the longest that she's liked him. That's it. That's all that I have to go on in order for that to be justified. It is fucking stupid. And then you also have a dumb shit like Sakura and Sasuke being together. Because we have Sakura like him as a guy crush. She Well, she liked him as a little girl um, because she had a crush on him when he was in school because he was the quiet, um, cool guy. And even though we had multiple moments where he tried to kill her, multiple times where he betrayed her, multiple times where he basically did things that generally went against what she believed in and whatnot, she still had a crush on him. So that made everything okay, thus meaning that in the future, it was totally cool for her to get knocked up by him. Because that's totally how people act. That's totally how that's justified. That's totally why that would make fucking sense. Oh my goodness. I mean, it's the equivalent to Harley Quinn and Joker, you know? Like, even though there's actually story behind that. There's a grounded realism behind Harley Quinn and Joker. There's so much depth and complexity behind Harley Quinn and Joker which is why it's such a beloved couple pairing rather than with the anime aspects of couple pairings to where there's no realism or depth or complexity to any of these pairings. It's just simply the fact that these characters have been shipped together and then we establish that they're going to be together. We give no basis behind it. We give no realism behind it. We give absolutely no explanation as to why it came to be. Hell, we don't even provide complexity as to what strengthens that fucking bond to later um, capitalize on that subject matter. Having two characters be together for a long period of time just means that eventually they go, fuck, that's it. <laughs> and it's so goddamn terrible. So it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, I wish, I just generally wish, animation be damned. We do more to make these stories a hell of a lot more. That way, no one has to sit there and just wane in on this dumbass shippery but actually have characters come together that we sit there and go yeah that that meant something now that these two characters were together that meant something and then if you're one of those creators that like killing off motherfuckers when you kill off one of them then we can sit there and actually be sad along with them not needing the story to tell us to be sad a uh, perfect example in, in the shonen that did that um, with two different characters and exactly what they wanted you to get out of the emotional response when the third hokage died in naruto the entirety of Naruto tried to slow down and make it as if the third Hokage's death was something that you needed to feel sad for as well. To where how big of an impact it was towards Naruto, which should have been how big of an impact it felt towards you as the viewer. Problem is, you didn't give a fuck about third Hokage. He wasn't a major character that you saw constantly, nor was he a major influence that helped Naruto. Nor was he anyone that basically was of that importance. It's just the fact that third Hokage was the Hokage. And then you understood exactly how important that role is because that's the only thing that the main character keeps screaming about. I want to become the Hokage. I want to become the Hokage. So when a third Hokage dies, you see how many people are crying about that. Then you get to go, wow, I guess that means it's such a big fucking deal. Now you take that situation and you apply, you take that emotional aspect or that emotional feeling that they wanted you to get and then you apply that to when Jiraiya died in the series, who generally was someone that taught Naruto's father. He also was Naruto's teacher, as well as someone who related and was a generally liked and well-liked character 
throughout the entire series, was around for a very long time, as well as been a major influence towards a lot of things that Naruto did and that he discovered within the series. You take his death, and then you actually have people who were generally upset with Naruto's creator because he would kill off such a well-liked and well-known character. It actually gave you the emotional response that you essentially should have had or that they wanted you to have when the third Hokage died. That is the difference in terms of relationship building as well as um, a fantastic way of trying to tell a story or to facilitate an emotion out of your audience. You need to build up this shit. Don't just tell me that this is what it's supposed to be. Let me come to that conclusion on my own. Motherfuckers are smarter than you give them credit for. And, and it's sick that essentially anime is one of the few industries that have yet to learn that about themselves. There are a few, now I'm not saying all anime, but there are a few that understand that, but majority of them do not understand the fact that your audience is a hell of a lot smarter than you give them credit for. I know that you're meant for younger boys, but goddamn it, some some of your shows you have men watching. Just just understand that. That's kind of that's kind of all I wanted to say on that one. Woo! So, um jumping off the right off the heels of me talking about like relationships and anime and stuff like that. I guess um the next thing really would be um uh, just just to transition correctly, <laughs> it would actually be um, uh, China storytelling. Um, as I was talking about previously, um, I I basically have gotten into um, like Donghua, the 3D animated um, Chinese stuff. I'm really really big into the cultivation things, uh, comics and shit like that. Now, uh, not gonna lie, like a lot of those are actually um, interesting. Uh, just for subject matter and it being like a far more uh, newer concept for me within um, rather than dealing with anime and manga, which essentially like I like what I like and I read what I read and as far as that's concerned. And there's not anything that's like new that isn't uh, there really isn't something I haven't seen before or already um, liked or something like that or like I've seen it better in another story or whatnot. And then generally speaking, anime right or manga really uh is kind of boiling off of the um light novel craze so a lot of the things that they're doing they're taking from light novels which generally give you an a quick summary of what the fuck the story is about in the goddamn title because that's just how creatively bankrupt anime is <laughs> um for now uh, anime and manga really so seeing some of the shit in that when you're being told what the story is about then everything else kind of boils down to the cliches that they add or that they don't add and they have a tendency to basically have a have a one-note joke that just kind of goes on forever in a lot of the, the comedic light novel shit. But it, it just generally has gotten to a point where it's like, yeah, the light novel stuff that they do is not really that interesting to me. A lot of the isekai stuff is kind of boring and old. Like, if it's not really turning, if it's not really turning my head, then what the fuck am I wasting my time looking at it for? So something like the cultivation thing, which is like really big as in the Chinese and um, uh, Korean stuff, is far more interesting. Well, it is more in Chinese than anything, but um, it's far more interesting and it is um, something more to, to get into because of the fact that it's like, yeah, you know, I really don't read stuff like this before, but it's not like I'm, I'm adverse to like wushu shit because, you know, watch Chinese martial art films and stuff like that all the time, so I understand that stuff. And um, as well as the... Uh, the wuya things that they have going on so it, it's cool just reading the comics about that stuff which basically can do a lot more than those shows did because looking at like korean and chinese dramas 
dealing with that stuff. It, it, it kind of goes back into that relationship thing that I was talking about with animes, where it was like, these guys suck at that, but those stories really revolve around those relationship things rather than the action stuff. And so because of that, it makes their dramas really shitty. Um, because as far as they're concerned, uh, two people holding hands mean that they are like they, they need to get married. And that that's as far as that fucking goes. Like, <laughs> but I've already talked about their morality and their stupidity with that as well. But it's like, yeah, Eastern... Uh, especially China. Chinese morality is just fucking stupid. It's just the stupidest shit in the world. And um, considering the fact that I know that their culture is basically persisted past that shit, having it as a majority thing within their stories is, is just really, really fucking bad. But I will contend that even though I have started reading the cultivation of comics and things like that, I it, it's sick, but I have I've gotten incredibly bored with far quicker than I did with manga and anime and things like that. I'm like basically understanding what the fuck it is I'm reading and then, no, and then noticing the cliches as well as the contingencies that happen over and over and over again within the storytelling. Now, anime is far more diverse. It's far more prevalent in, in terms of like having different genres that speak to different concepts and things like that. While in with the Chinese stuff, it don't it generally all boils down to the exact same fucking thing. In fact, most of the time when you're reading one of the cultivation stories, you can probably tell exactly what the fuck is going to happen simply because of just from what the um what the characters are like currently in the midst of doing. So even if they're like, you need to go here to gain this, and as soon as they start fighting someone, you're like, I know exactly where this is going to end up, I know what it's going to lead to, and then the main character is going to get a power boost. The end. And they basically try to make up this um, whack-ass way of storytelling by, I, I would say, essentially just adding on, like just giving it more substance. But it, it's, there is no substance, though. It's, um, what is that? I've said it before. It's, um, it's all style and no substance, which is a, basically it's almost like words to live by as far as the Chinese are concerned with their media but the thing is, is that that's a major problem i mean if you've seen any type of um chinese movie or kung fu movie and things like that you know like within a bunch of them, like there's so many of those movies that come out from over there but there's only a few that are actually worth a scrub for you know like that that you even want to look at again and again and again or anything like that or actually be like like man that was a really cool fucking movie um but a majority of them just kind of hit the same fucking notes or generally all break down and copy Bruce Lee's storytelling elements and it's fucking dumb <laughs> it's like these things don't do anything that's interesting or cool it's like hey the fight scene might be interesting like the fight scene might be nice but other than that there's nothing to what I'm looking at so I don't really care for it now you take a story like that um, that basically divulges or goes against the grain of the typical martial art concept um, and that's fucking uh, Raid 2 and Raid 2 ain't Chinese. <laughs> so, and like, it's like, as far as I'm concerned, Raid 2 is one of the greatest martial art films I've ever seen. And it ain't Chinese. And that speaks volumes. And that thing basically has so many fight scenes as well as that really good story. And and it's like, I look at that and then I see the, the Chinese stories that come out, the, the movies that come out now from China, like martial art films and things like that. And it's like, did you guys not learn? Did you not see Ray 2? Do you not know 
that you could do so much fucking more. You don't need to waste 30 minutes explaining who these characters are before you get into action. You just get into action. And it's even crazier when you consider that the 90s kung fu films did that shit immediately. Like Jet Li's early shit, um, Fung Sayuk or The Legend, shit like that. This shit jumped into action immediately before it did anything else. But now, oh, we need to wait. We need to build up this crap, yeah, story before we get into action. <laughs> Diane got fat. <laughs> stupid shit. Really fucking stupid shit. But I feel that you don't really get a, a feel of their storytelling out of the movies um, than you do with like the comics and stuff um, and whatnot. Considering the fact that a majority of those comics are really based off of their elongated stories that are really popular within um, China or have been a major part of their culture and whatnot. Um, Drain to the West, which is like the biggest book, period. Drain to the West, um, uh, Romance of the Three Kingdoms, shit like that. Those things are long. They're long as shit. But they're impossibly in, in important to their culture as well as everything that they've done in terms of media and shit like that as inspiration and whatnot. But if you actually know anything about those stories and you would understand that there is a huge and major fucking flaw when it comes to the development of that shit as the storytelling itself kind of, it, it kind of uh, insists on itself. There, there, uh, uh, the nice way of putting this is that there's no fucking pacing to any of that goddamn thing. Shit has to happen in an avalanche state. Think one thing is happening after the other over and over and over and over again hand over fist all the goddamn time every fucking day of the week there is no stop there is no rest there is no um downtime to take in all of the shit that you just had to recently witness and look at now the crazy thing is is that the journey to the west story is basically far more um it, it's worse than a um uh, than the uh, fucking uh, romance of the three kingdoms because romance of the three kingdoms story i actually I understand the pacing element of that one, considering the fact that it's it's delegated towards a war-torn era. So it makes more sense that the shit has to be like just just constantly going at it over and over and over again. But it's still because it's such a huge influence towards everything that they have going on. I feel that it's responsible for the fact that so many people basically are as far as China is concerned, are terrible at storytelling because it deals with that kind of, um, because they look towards that as something that's like, oh yeah, I like that, let me copy it, which is a major theme as far as Chinese stuff is concerned, where it's like, I like this, let me fucking copy it, and like, I'm a, when I say copy, I mean copy, it's, my god, do they copy, like I said, their, the cultivation stuff and stories and things like that, really big time all kind of boiled down to a bunch of shit that you can look at and you go this is from that that is from this i've seen this before i've seen this before and even how the situations end is exactly the fucking same and it's disgusting when you're trying to enjoy this stuff but that that's just how their content is developed and that's how it is and so that's why i'm saying that it is it has some of the weakest storytelling I've ever seen in a media before, especially one that is as popular as it is with its own people. Now, does that mean that essentially, you know, and it's like, well, like, if the Chinese like it and it's the Chinese that are writing it, that obviously means it's good. Well, 
No, it doesn't. <laughs> I can sit there and criticize the shit if I want to. I'm looking at it with different eyes. But at the same time, I understand it's like, hey, if this is what the Chinese like, it's just what the Chinese like. But what I'm saying is that, motherfucker, you can expand and do more. And considering the fact that a lot of their far more popular series are things that break away from the norm, I would I would think that that would basically is is more telling of a notion that maybe people don't like seeing the same shit over and over and over again, but they do generally like new stuff. Hell, one of my favorite Chinese comics that I'm reading now is, um, I believe I've talked about it before, is a Magical Emperor, or a Demonic Magic Emperor, which is um, something where d generally doing the whole cultivation aspect kind of puts it on its head as it's dealing with the main character, who essentially is evil. Um, he's a bad guy. He's someone who uses underhanded and dirty tricks to beat people. He fights people that are ten times stronger than him, and then he lies in order for him to win. He can pretend to be a weakling and then go around um, and then do a roundabout way of actually defeating them and stuff like that. And I love all of it. But then it, and it's like, and then you see the um, in terms of that um, Overlord, which is a fucking anime and a manga. And I love Overlord, but that's an isekai that's about a main character essentially being the demon lord within that story. Um, the, a manga equivalent to that would be a Remonster, which is generally the same thing, and I love that. Um, but I don't believe Remonster should or will ever get an anime. But I, I, I am 100% behind it never becoming an anime because it kind of its story structure wouldn't really work as an anime. Um, it's kind of like a diary, so it, it just it doesn't work. I don't, I don't really see it working or anything like that. I would, would like it, but I don't, I don't see it working. Um, but essentially, what I'm saying is that, like, I've seen the fact that, like, a lot of people enjoy Magical Emperor, and it's far more popular than other things, well as um, one of the other big-time cultivation stories I've ever seen has been Tales of Demons and Gods, which generally breaks the mold from the typical um, cultivation story or a main character going back in time um, in his younger self in a cultivation story because the main character actually deals in a notion of not just showing off and then making himself seem better than everyone else and then showing off in order for a girl to like him and shit like that or constantly building up favors or other new people and things like that but no you actually have him do a slow build into getting into a position that he wants to be with people that he remembers or the girl that he's in love with and shit like that building up and doing stuff and then eventually getting to a point where he's actually doing things that he wasn't even aware of back in the day so even when before he got reincarnated newer shit is happening to him but he's still in a far more controlled and understanding concept because he's aged he's more mature he understands all this stuff but he's still making his way for his life to be what he wants it to be using his experience his age and shit like that and it's an awesome story because of it. And I understand why it's popular and it's good. But looking at something like Tales of Demons and Gods, and you would look at something else like Spirit, Sword, Sovereign, or um, fucking Perfect World or some shit like that, you would see that, like, yeah, this story is a hell of a lot better than that story. It deals with similar shit. There's a girl to got ice powers, cultivation, all that jazz. But this story is a hell of a lot better than this one. Has similar has similar aesthetics, but this one is able to tell the story in an interesting and creative way that makes me generally enjoy the characters, the situations, as well as give a damn about what the fuck's going on and keeping up with the story. Well, Spirit Source Sovereign is boring, stupid, and the main character literally goes through the same issues over and over and over again, where he's about to get his ass kicked, 
He wakes up some invincible power and somebody gets put into a coma or gets kidnapped. And then he has to do that shit all. And then he basically has to do the same thing that he did before, which is go fight or go somewhere, um, fight some people so he can figure out a way to get that person out of the coma, which then gets him his ass kicked. So then he wakes some un- unbelievable power and then someone else gets kidnapped or put in a coma over and over and over again. And eventually you have to tell yourself, what the fuck is, th- how is this interesting? How, how is this, how is this fun? How is this something that I'm, this keeping me entertained when it's just doing the same shit over and over again? Why the fuck is he so confident when he keeps getting his ass kicked? I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't like you, nigga. I just don't like you. <laughs> and that's, that's really my point for this is the fact that it's like, it's so weak when it comes to storytelling with this stuff. And then I actually generally saw it at first as a general contender for manga, if it got to that point, um, because of the difference in the storytelling and how stagnant manga and anime are becoming right now. Generally, only anime that are just somewhat popular as light novels or manga are getting turned into anime. And a lot of those are stagnant, ridiculous stories that just are fueled by cliches. So having the mix that is the Chinese stuff, which basically brings in far more action, far more um, epic adventures and um, battles and whatnot, would be a nice change of pace in terms of a contender against um, typical anime and typical manga. The problem is the fact that it's not. It's in no way, shape, or form. I, I'm, I, I would definitely say this because I've actually seen some stuff where people like talk about the different things that's coming out from China in terms of like animation and, and um, stories and whatnot. And I'll wholeheartedly say, you have nothing to worry about, anime fans. China will never, listen. you listen to me, they will fucking never, ever be bigger or better than anime and manga. Never. I I enjoy Chinese stuff right now, and I'm, I'm telling you, that'll never fucking happen. As much as everyone likes to gush and gawk over the different animation styles that go on within China, th- seriously, have you heard any of them tell you exactly how good a fucking Chinese story is that came with that animation. As as beautiful as the animation was, did they ever explain to you how those fight scenes don't make any fucking sense? How those situations and those story in the stories that they have just don't flow together correctly. How anything that they're being that you're being presented with with this beautiful animation design and style have no substance whatsoever because it's all style. Have, have you heard that? Well, no, you haven't, because that's not what they know. They only see the style and they just go, look how pretty it is. And that's all these motherfuckers can do. But in terms of their actual substance that comes along with the shit, there's nothing. You hear me? Nothing. They have nothing. And that's one of the biggest fucking faux pas of this shit, is that there is nothing, okay? <laughs> there is absolutely nothing from these motherfuckers. So I get that, uh, you know, it's nice to see the newer, nicer animation come out from China and whatnot with all their fighting abilities and whatnot. But when you take a deep dive into the things they got going on, hell, even some of the fight scenes that they like to constantly show or put around online and whatnot, you look at the fight scenes and you go, okay, this person got hit like 50 times and they're still not down. But I'm supposed to sit here and go like, ooh, wow, that's cool that they're doing this. But it's like, there's nothing going on that makes any sense. This doesn't make any sense. He's like kicking their ass and they're not dropping. But it's like, well, you get to see them flowing together. It's fucking terrible. It's really fucking terrible. And it's not just the action, but even their softer 
anime. The, the shit has no substance. And realistically, it's the same appeal that I had towards falling in line with the cultivation stories and whatnot, where it's like, generally, the only appeal that it has is that this is different from typical anime. That's it. But once you break away from that appeal, I swear to God, there's nothing. There was nothing there because it has it has literally no soul. It's sorry to say say this Chinese media, but you don't because you you didn't design any of your stories that way. Your stories are about the journey, so the characters mean fuck all. <laughs> so because of that, there's no soul, and that's why it will never, ever outshine anime or manga ever. It's sad to say, but it never will. I would love for a lot of their better stories to to get animated or whatnot, but they don't even like their better stories. They like their shit, their crap, their their redid, reused stuff that's been done over and over and over again. Hell, multiple stories that they have where characters actually have sex are generally a faux pas as far as um China's concerned with their um uh, uh comics and whatnot, which is ridiculous because those characters in those situations are like in college, dating women or wanting to be with women and whatnot, then it's like, hey, they want to have sex. And it's like, they just have sex. We don't get to see a sex scene or whatnot. But it's like, no, we know that they had sex. But as far as China's concerned, it's like, ew, icky. <laughs> but like I said, bad, really weak storytelling. And the thing is, is that it's weak storytelling is only driven by the audience that accepts this weak storytelling which is one of the major factors that lets me further know that this will only be relevant and um, this will only be relevant towards the Chinese audience, towards the Chinese audience, which essentially is stopping it from expanding or branching out into being anything else. And that's sad. It's really fucking sad. It's really fucking sad because it's like, you know, all you need to do is take an actual, um, one of their cultivation stories and whatnot, and if you gave it some fucking tweaks, because there's so many of them that have tweaks and whatnot, but if you gave it a good, nice spin on the situation, gave some characters some depth, gave more to the female characters than the fact of just standing around being impressed by a guy who can do magic and whatnot, you would have a really good fucking story that can contend with some of the best of the animes out there, or the best of the mangas out there, all it needs is just some kick-ass animation to just make it cool. But you don't. Instead, you got shit like the Urban Immortal Cultivator, which literally just make everything like China is the greatest and it just can't be anything else to the point where even the dude doing so much just to get a girl uh, and he fucking gets her, he immediately abandons her. And then I was like, so then what was the point? Like, what? How am I supposed to look at this and go like, yeah, that's totally cool, <laughs> or like, I understand that that would happen. Like, that's that's how people treat their loved ones. Uh, it's got like over seven hundred and some chapters. It's just, just, it don't matter. <laughs> None of this matters because it's about the journey. It's all about the journey. Jesus Christ, that's just so terrible. But yeah, it 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 really does. China really does have like the the weakest in um as far as their comics are concerned um just the weakest storytelling i've ever seen in from from anything and oh boy like i said it's it, it's sad because it could it could be something but they don't know what they're working they don't understand what they got and they refuse to work with anything else <laughs> that's, that's a perfect way of explaining that situation so 
I guess uh, <laughs> getting back on just some, uh, well, going from random stuff rather than uh, talking about my personal feelings on things. Uh, I don't know if you heard the news, but they released Fight Club over in China. And uh, this shit is funny. <laughs> they released it over in China. And uh, <laughs> I mean, if I've been talking about China all this time, might as well you know go in depth or uh, do, do some old dirt. Uh, yeah, they, they were talking about it recently um, where they released the movie Fight Club. And if you ever seen Fight Club, it's a good movie. Nice to see. I remember um, when I was younger, I didn't actually, I didn't want to watch it because the poster for the movie had a pink bar of soap on it. And it was just a bunch. And then like, uh, you know, you look at like the DVD case or whatever back then of it. And it was like a bunch of dudes with their shirt off in a like, in like a basement or something like that. And I was like, I don't want to see this. This movie seems gay. <laughs> so I want to see it. And come to find out, you know, it's an amazing movie. And, but if anything, God, uh, it was one of the things where I was like, I'm glad I didn't watch when I was younger because I wouldn't have understood a lot of what was going on, a lot of the subject matter that they talked about that really make that movie really good. Um, so it, it, it's kind of like a win-win. <laughs> but just... I always feel bad when I think back on it. And I was like, yeah, I used to think this movie was gay. And I was like, pink soap? Ew. <laughs> and I was like, and it's like, it sticks out like crazy. And I was like, I don't want to buy this. It's Fight Club. And I was like, man, this might have some gay undertones in it. I don't know. And it was like Brad Pitt with his shirt off. I was like, this isn't for me. This isn't for me. <laughs> but after all these years since that movie's been out, they released it in in China. And the hilariousness is the fact that they edited the ending of the movie. If if you like, that's just oh man, that's so fucking weird. That's crazy. But yeah, they actually um, changed the ending to where they basically had like a um, a title crawl, not a title crawl, but basically some uh, title bumps pop up that explain what happens at the end of the movie. And considering the fact that China is so China. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, probably, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get flagged on some site because I'm going to set their name like I don't know how many times. Uh, as long as I guess it's not intended with Winnie the Pooh. Oh, no, I did it. But, but because they're the way that they are, you know, with uh, government and shit like that, and considering that Fight Club itself is an anarchist movie, um, they change the ending to where at the end they basically have a bunch of words that state that... Uh, Tyler was, um, you know, he the, someone called the cops. I believe it was like Tyler called the cops beforehand. And the police promptly went in and stopped the attacks. And they sent him to prison. And then he was arrested. And then he got out after a certain amount of time. The end. <laughs> it. I mean, you couldn't. You couldn't paint more propaganda if you wanted. But it would have been better if like the. If like the the word the text itself was behind a Chinese flag, and at the end it was like "Happy time, good day, um, our nation number one, <laughs> cops supreme, never never go against the norm, never think outside the box." <laughs> China super 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 China. <laughs> that's that's fucking stupid though, right? Like that's silly. That's silly as shit. Oh my God! Like that—that is—that is inherently crazy, as 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 anyone could possibly try to make that out of something else. It's just that is like that is just supreme. Oh my God! Like this, no wonder 
you know, we have so many people basically thirsting for other content outside of um like a lot of these countries and shit like that. But it's like the, the propaganda stuff is just out of fucking control over there. But as well as just I find that incredibly like just ridiculous in terms of the censorship. And considering that that is such a good movie, you know, and like now that I since I know that that's a really good movie. And the fact that China chose to censor it that way because that's how they want the movie to be perceived because they can't possibly have people, they can't have anything spark up a fucking revolution. Yeah, at the same time, they got a fucking revolution on their hands. But, you know, you have that much control or that much fear of anything starting something that you need to constantly censor everything. And then you got to wonder, like, why like the the connection that this basically holds towards fucking allowing china to censor everything that um we create over here in the west that essentially might go over there now generally there's been a lot of toned down over that shit um but figuratively like not figuratively but but realistically speaking is it that you know they've toned down on censoring their content or has it become far more prevalent that essentially People have just gotten used to designing movies the way that China wants them to be designed. I mean, um, you know, like I believe that the uh, Spider-Man No Way Home didn't do China. Like they didn't do it in China. And even still, the movie made over like a billion dollars. And that's a big fucking deal. And that means a lot. That's, That's a big deal. But at the same time, every movie doesn't have the luxury of, having so much nostalgia bait as well as fucking Spider-Man, one of the biggest icons of ever um, being in a movie, um, dealing with two other iterations of said movie. So much shit piled on to do nothing but make it a success of a movie. Other movies don't really have that luxury. So are we really, are we really seeing a turn in the tides of people basically staying away from doing shit or censoring themselves towards the Chinese media and considering the fact that they're so hungry over there for our media because it's so fucking different from their own goddamn content, you you, you also have to wonder that aspect as well. And it's like, the reason they like our shit over theirs is because ours is so much different from their own, but at the same time, we keep catering towards their sensibility and then the shit doesn't even work, nor does it sell over there. But at the same time, if we don't try to cater to their sensibility, then it just gets incredibly censored, and they just don't show it over there in the first place. So at some point in time, you have to stop and think that maybe the people that are at fault is China. It's it's all China. It's it's China. One hundred percent of the time, it's them. They they just it's it's them. It's it's them. There's no one else to blame but them. Oh man, it's like yo, that Chinese moolah is a big deal. I get that, I understand that factor, but yeah, you know, I mean, in terms of integrity of a show or a movie or you doing like the the shit is art, you know. And it's like if you're gonna censor art in any shape or form, then you're you're kind of always on the wrong side of history because that's usually what has always been a proven factoid of art, as far as um as far as I'm concerned, really. Um, is that generally censorship of artwork leads to a lot of bad shit. And um, usually always the bad guys that are the ones pushing it, Um, you know. So I I, I find that hilarious 
um, especially in the wake of like so much shit that I know about like the Chinese culture and the media and things like that, that it just, I, I find that hilarious. I find it hilarious. Probably is the reason for why they have so much stagnated stories and why they have just continuated um, plot lines and things like that. And a lot of their stuff where it was like, yeah, this is just the simplistic bullshit that we like going on. Um, just do the same thing over and over and over again. And it's like, yeah. And no wonder you guys are so quick to jump on the bandwagon of anything else. And it's like, yeah, I can, I can get bored too. <laughs> Jesus Christ. If I had to deal with basically all the fucking 3d, um, Chinese animes that came out and it's like, that's the only thing I was able to watch, uh, Man, I would lose my fucking mind. It was like that shit is so goddamn boring. It, uh, it, it is is a few that are actually worth anything, and they they're not that long. And the most part, of the rest of them are just shitty. Soul Lad, God, that's terrible. That's just that's such a bad concept and comic and execution. Oh, it's my sister. Guess who I'm in love with? My sister. Well, not real sister, but I'm going to call you my sister. I'm going to treat you like your family. That way you never feel alone ever again. We growing up, we grew up together like we're brother and sister. I'm in love with you. Fucking weirdo. <laughs> it's just a fucking weird. Oh, I'm in love with you. Well, we can't be in love with you. You can't love me because even though we've known each other and been together all this time, I'm actually part demon and that's illegal. Oh, no. Ours is a tragedy. <laughs> oh my god, so that is so stupid. Um, Battle Through the Heavens is slightly better, but Battle Through the Heavens is only good until I would say after the three-year arrangement. After the three-year arrangement, Battle Through the Heavens gets really terrible um, for me in, as terms of a story. Uh, but other than that, it was okay, except for the you know the shoehorned-in relationship shit. I'm off topic now I'm, I'm i'm on a tangent and i don't care because they censored fight club in china you can do whatever the fuck you want now it, it, rules don't matter shit don't matter and and here, here's another quandary if they felt so bad about the movie in the first place that only now did they start playing it in china why play it at all was was the chinese audience asking for the said movie was it that big of a deal to have fight club in china like did you seriously need it if if you were so weary on the message it might send or what it might do why have it like why have it at all really fucking weird really fucking weird oh man and then that movie got meatloaf in it god rest his soul but it got meatloaf in it it's just it's just so weird it's just so goddamn weird but <laughs> i digress moving right along moving right along now this is something else i want to talk about because generally this kind of popped up with um basically on the conversation with um my my good buddies and uh co-owners of uh, a comic book carpet um, which you can download anytime on uh, amazon it's a pretty sweet deal. A lot of content, hilarious. Um, just look it up. Uh, you know, you can check it out. Uh, you know, just carpet from uh, by uh, these guys. Is it on there? Is it? It's these guys, but it should be these guys. Um, um, really cool. Really, really dope comic. But um, when talking with them, you know, basically I had a discussion about like in terms of ownership. You know, just just shooting the shit with your friends and whatnot. We started talking about ownership and things like that, and then basically. Um, some certain subject matter came up that got me thinking about a topic that essentially is 
has been a focal point and like a major issue with a lot of like comic book characters as of late within like the big um publishers and whatnot but essentially it is something to think about um which is the concept of the original work exists now this has been the excuse used by fucking hollywood as well as a lot of other people that deviate away from stories or characters and whatnot same people who do shit like race swap or gender swap all that shit just so when people sit there and tell them how against it they are on the subject, they'll then retort with them, well, the original work still exists. You can look at the original stuff and it's, it's fine. As long as that's okay, you have nothing to worry about. And realistically speaking, um, like I, I know I said something earlier and I've spoken earlier in terms of like me being having a, having a Hippocratic approach when it comes to shit like this. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, Hippocratic approach when it comes to shit like this. Um, I I need to solidify and understand, like let people know that for this, realistically, I am totally against this notion because I don't believe in it. I don't believe in it at all because I too would hate for that to happen to my work is that I create something and then someone tells me, well, the original of what you created is still around. So it's okay for me to make these changes because I feel that this is necessary for your content. Fuck you and fuck the horse that you rode in on. No, that's not that's not true. That's not fair. No, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. It's my work. I designed it and created it the way that I created it. It is popular and people like it because it is what it is. It is what it is. And you telling me that it seems like this would be better or reach bigger audience or make more sense done this way if let's say a character race was changed. If I had a, a white guy and you wanted to turn him Asian or I had a black guy and you wanted to make him white, e either way, there's something fucking wrong there. And even if you persist in going and or saying like, you know, the character isn't defined by their race, so it really shouldn't matter if you race swap them. Well, again, like I said, I have a double standard mindset towards this. Um, Morgan Freeman of Shaw Shawshank Redemption, he's supposed to be Irish. Um, that's why his name is Red. But it's Morgan Freeman, and that movie is amazing, and I really like that movie. But the character that's in the book is supposed to be Irish, but they changed it to Morgan Freeman. What do I do with that? Well, again, I'm, I wasn't a fan of the book of Shawshank Redemption, or, well, the novella of Shawshank Redemption. I actually have that book. Um, but the story of Shawshank Redemption is in, I have that book. Um, I'm not a fan of that, nor did I know that it's original content before I've seen them, before I saw the movie. But even when I saw the movie, that was the thing, is that that's the only thing that I seen that represented and talked about that story was the movie. As far as I know, the concept of him being called Red only applied to that joke when he goes, well, it's because I'm Irish. And you see Morgan Freeman saying, because I'm Irish, and it's like, yeah, that's funny. But in actuality, he's supposed to be fucking Irish, and he has red hair. Uh, right. But as far as I'm concerned, as far as how I... See the movie that doesn't change anything. It wasn't. It wasn't a major difference. It wasn't a major issue. Nor was it anything that, like you know, you would cry home about. But realistically, the integrity of the original artwork was demeaned in a certain way. And yes, I do mean demeaned, as in it was less. It was less because that's not what originally was present. Now, did Morgan Freeman do a good job in acting? Fuck yeah, he did. <laughs> is the movie good regardless of his race? Fuck yeah, it is. Like I said, I like Shawshank Redemption. 
I think it's a dope movie. But at the same time, the integrity, the integrity of the piece of work was altered. And by it being altered, it opens up a floodgates of other shit like that to happen, which is what we got now. Like I stated before, we now have a bunch of, which is oddly um, ironic, we have a bunch of black people replacing redheads within different uh, media, shit like that, and especially comic books. But we have an assortment of characters that have been tokenized, race swap, gender swap, all that shit. And you have so many people who basically have an issue with it and they have an outcry. Hell, we have people who have sex, you know, sexuality swapped. <laughs> That's the thing. But you have so many people who essentially have an outcry for the goddamn thing because they're actually fans of the original characters and their original work or how they were originally presented. That's what they liked and enjoyed about the character. And now that that has been altered, then yeah, they have every right to be upset and be angry at what's going on. Now to clarify, um, to sit there and vilify, well not vilify them, but to sit there and basically berate them with the notion that the original work is still out there. So you should be okay and comfortable with these small changes and whatnot. No, they really shouldn't. They really shouldn't because basically it is akin to censorship. It is altercation. It is it's alterations. I say altercations. It's alterations towards a body of work as well as towards characters that I recognized and um, represent a certain way and certain things. And if you seriously feel strongly enough about something to the point where it's like it shouldn't matter if we change this character's race to from white to black. Um, you should just enjoy the work as is um, because that's what we're doing. Well, then the same can be said to you. If it doesn't matter if they're white or black, why are you changing their race? Well, we got, you know, and it's like, and then from there, it'll just snowball into more and more excuses as to why they can make changes, but it just completely ignore all of your reasonings as to why it's okay to not make any changes. It's okay to keep all the main cast white. This was intended and written by, by someone who understood all the cast of characters would be white. That's fine. <laughs> That's okay. That's what it was. That's Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it's okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. But to sit there and try to just shoehorn in your own little weird concept because yay we got an agenda or we got movements or we need these people to have representation in this body of work and whatnot guess what bitch no it's like plopping in a little black kid that played with christopher robin when he was with winnie the pooh why the fuck would you do that's not what happened that's that's christopher robin's imaginary world and his imaginary friends winnie the pooh himself is not someone that christopher robin interacted with all the time a multitude of his adventures and whatnot was basically just shit christopher robin imagined happened to the goddamn bear and then he might plop in and help him out at the very end of it or whatnot but it doesn't change what it was it's just the Hundred Acre Woods dealing with Christopher Robin's crazy ass imagination. The, the man imagined Ticker. He, that's one colorful character, if you ask me. <laughs> oh man, who wears short shorts? Christopher Robin wears short shorts. <laughs> Christopher Robin. <laughs> but it, how, how fucking annoyed would I have been if I, Christopher Robin was black or? 
they they added in a black character or black fucking stuffed animal for him to play with. And it's like, that's not a thing. That's not him. You're altering this body of work and this this art form that was done in the purest sense of the word just to fit what? An agenda? Why? For representation? The fuck? Make your own goddamn story about a Christopher Robin. You don't need to change the racist Christopher Robin. Make your own goddamn story. You don't need to just go in and race swap Christopher Robin in order to make yourself feel good. You, you relate to Christopher Robin because of what Christopher Robin did with Winnie the Pooh. I'm, I'm getting tired of saying Christopher Robin, but you relate to the character because of what they can do and what they um what they contribute to the story. Not because of what fucking race they are. So why is it that you feel the need in order to do this shit or to even try to justify it by saying the original body of work exists? Well, take a page out of that notion. If the original body of work exists and the original body of work has these characters as a certain way, then goddammit, you need to leave those characters the fuck alone. That's what make they're popular under the rights of them being the characters, not based off of their race. And if you hold true to that notion, then you should leave their race be because everyone can relate to them. You don't fucking need to feel special about a character simply because he's the same skin color as you are. Hell, Miles Morales was never a thing when I was growing up, but I'd be damned if anyone could tell the younger me that Spider-Man wasn't the best superhero out there. Fuck out of here. I'd be damned if anyone could sit there and tell me that Batman wasn't just cool. I don't need him to be black in order for me to recognize or understand that factoid. I like the character because I like the character. The original work is what I like about him. That's what showcases the popularity and how it grew. Anything else is basically trying to cash in on that popularity because you'd be damned if you make something on your own or you basically don't have any justification or faith that you can make something on your own that could even contend with that goddamn thing. Could could they have made a different god that um, could have powers or something like that that would have been a female that basically would have been able to put Thor on, her, uh, on his toes? Sure. Did they? No. They just made a female Thor because that's easier. That's how you use that name to get exactly what you want immediately, which is a female Thor. I want a female powerhouse goddess. Okay, make it. Ooh, that's work. That requires effort. Nah, just just make Thor a girl. Oh, okay. And then people complain about that because Thor isn't a girl. That's not a mantle that can be passed on or one person to another. That's his fucking name. That's <laughs> his actual name based off of his actual um, mythos that was created. I don't like saying mythology. I really don't like contending different um, base of things like as like you know, different religions and whatnot is like mythology because, bitch, you ain't proved shit. No one's proved anything. You ain't gonna prove nothing until you die. So it's not really fair, nor is it right to call those things mythology. And that doesn't stem from, like, Norse understanding or, or Greek. It really comes from uh, me and liking the Egyptian lore behind their religion. Um, and it's like, I don't feel that it's fair to sit there and go Egyptian mythology. Get the fuck out of it. Like, the first time they ever hit me is when that was, um, when the Greek stuff was stated towards me because I really enjoyed greek um stories and i was like yeah no nah, fuck that that's not mythology you haven't proved anything <laughs> like once upon a time that was the major that was the majority um of of, of the religion being worshipped on the planet so how the fuck is it that now it ain't <laughs> because you said so with your mortal self fuck out of here so i don't really like calling those things mythology but 
you know, and it was like in terms of that storytelling and whatnot. And it was like, oh no, like that's Thor is his name. Thor is who he is, the god of lightning and thunder. He has a hammer. Cool. That's his thing. But the Marvel character, if you get the hammer, you can get his power. But eh. <laughs> doesn't matter. It really doesn't fucking matter. But that only applies to him. It only should apply to him. Anything else is just basically weird ass fan service going on. But Captain America picked up the hammer in like one fucking book. And even then it was like whatever. Well, he did it in the end game. In end game, it was even dumber. <laughs> Cause that was only done because Josh Wheat did what he did on Avengers on, on the second Avengers movie. And uh, let us not forget that if it wasn't for Josh Whedon, the MCU would be nothing. Mm, I just need to constantly reiterate that and remind people about that factoid. As much as you might hate him, Josh Whedon was totally necessary for the MCU to be a big thing. So good luck with that one, bitch. <laughs> but still, it's it's ridiculous to have that as an argument to me, to be like... Um, the original work still exists. It's ridiculous because it's not right. Because essentially it is an excuse to just justify your change or to feel that this is some way like an, an excuse towards your lack of creativity or your lack of imagination. I can slowly or shortly do shit like this to where we get to a point where an entire body of work will have characters designed and created and, and beloved because they are one way. And then as soon as that body of work gets transitioned over into, let's say, a movie and whatnot, then it's completely unrecognizable. But the title is still the same. Your main character from being a guy is now a girl. Um, instead of him being in love with um, this damsel in distress, they're now in love with the dog. <laughs> the dog was, instead of, instead of the Instead of the love interest being kidnapped by a dark wizard, instead they were taken away by a social anarchy. <laughs> a social economic anarchy that was um, created in the Philippines. And, and then you present it with the exact same name and um, to the people and you tell them that this is based off of the original work. And then when people look at you and they go, this is not what, it, what we liked, they'll just look back at you and go, well... The original work still exists. <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, is how M. Night Shyamalan created The Last Airbender. <laughs> oh, damn. That just hit me. But yes, <laughs> that's exactly what that was. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, damn. That's terrible. But... As you can see, it's something that I, I deeply will far more enforce now in terms of like the shit I work on as well as like, um, you know, being competent in looking at other forms of art and whatnot. Like I said, it doesn't really, it doesn't bother me to see that with Jim Gordon with the next Batman movie that's coming out, the the Batman movie. And um and now, like I said, I, I see that, that it's a double standard. But at the same time, it's not like I didn't notice it. It's not like it's something that I'm not still talking about. It's not like it's something, it won't ruin the movie. I know for a fact it won't ruin the movie for me. But I do know that Jim Gordon's white. <laughs> and, and when I see my kids and it's like, I'll tell them Jim Gordon is white. You know, when anyone else asks me like, hey, who, 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 
who was that supposed to be on the Batman? That was police commissioner. Well, supposed to be Jim Gordon, but <laughs> motherfucker white. Um, why didn't they make him a black guy? I don't know. Probably for representation or something stupid like that. And then it will always be looked upon as having that, whether or not it be actually an amazingly great or good movie. It's like people will constantly refer back to that notion that, yeah, for some reason they made Jim Gordon white. It makes no goddamn sense. <laughs> plethora of other black people within Batman, but Jim Gordon needed to be black because that just, that was, that was a, that was a definite absolute thing going on. Could have made him, could have made the mayor police captain before Gordon became commissioner like they did on the dark night um, before Joker killed his ass. Some shit like that. And I was like, that could have been a black guy. Nah, Jim Gordon, major character known for being white for all these years, always been white, always has been white. You're going to make him black the fuck <laughs> like i said it's not a deal breaker for me in the movies but i'll be damned if i don't like act like i don't i don't see it or don't notice it or it has no effect on me whatsoever it, it does it does affect me because it, it affects everybody it's changing the perception of those that are seeing things first so like the new generation that's looking at batman content you know and it's like now they're looking at this shit and it's like hey who's that jim gordon the black like black guy then you look at anything else with Batman, and it's like, that's Jim Gordon. I thought Jim Gordon was black. Oh, that was just for that one movie. Well, why isn't he black? I remember him black. That's how I grew up with him being black. Damn it, that's what I want, him to be black. And then you're going to get bullshit. <laughs> and then every comic leading after will basically have a black guy replacing this known white guy character, Ugh, much like Nick Fury on um, um, with fucking Marvel. Ugh, Jesus Christ, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that was that's what that's exactly what happened. And and now look look what happened. But at least the original work exists. <laughs> the fuck does that matter in the wake of progress? I don't know. I really, really just don't know. And getting into a last little bit of topic. Um my last the last thing I want to talk about finally. Um it's uh, it's been crazy in the gaming world. Um, I know I've really been talking about gaming stuff in a long time, but uh, the Xbox um, by um, purchasing Activision Blizzard is a big fucking deal. It's a big fucking deal because there's so many goddamn layers attached to it. Um, I would refer to anyone looking up. Uh, it's a YouTube creator by the name of It's a Gundam who did a fantastic video talking and showcasing and highlighting a lot of the bullshit that Activision Blizzard has been associated with over the years before this purchase. And realistically, it's one of those things where it's like, you have a bunch of people who are game enthusiasts that gloss over a lot of shit in order to hype up stuff. They're doing exactly what Microsoft wants them to do because they do this shit all the time. Um, but it, it's, in, it's, in, it's insanely idiotic because gamers basically boil down to like three makes of people. Um, you have those who just play games and absorb the content, regardless of anything going on within history or whatnot. They don't they don't give a fuck. They got their favorite games. They got the games that they played. That's it. The the news about video games, the stories and things like that. They don't care. They they just purchase consoles, play games. Fuck it. That's actually a majority of um, gamers. Like I would say, at least seventy percent of gamers function like that, and that's beautiful. It really is beautiful. Um, the problem is that it leads to a lot of this dumb shit like uh, microtransactions and whatnot because they don't 
understand or get on the bandwagon behind trying to protest or stop this shit from happening because they don't give a fuck. <laughs> and I was like, that's the only negative of that. But truly beautiful people. I love you guys. Then you got the people who basically are in tune with the news. These are people who look up updates. They talk to, they know people's names by heart. They know developers' names. They know they know um, studios. They know the names of studios and they know the CEO name of the said studio. They know shit like that. They look at the different showcases at E3 and whatnot. They know what E3 is. <laughs> they care about games and they look upon and they look into game news and so they keep up and they understand about all that shit whether or not they even functionally play games as much as that like as much as they know information of i fall into that category um but there's still people who basically keep up with the news keep up with the information and they try they damn just to like spread the word about the shit that's going on and like have different perspectives of different things that's going on and being taught from different um spectrums of, of the world because that grouping of gamers can be divided off into subsections of whatnot of like who knows what or who talks about what and things like that hey you go on youtube and you have people who review games you find who you like and you stick with that person that's that's my thing to you and if anything always watch watch a playthrough with no commentary i swear to god it makes all the difference watch a playthrough of a game before you buy it with no commentary it truly does help uh, like that that's a that's a professional um excerpt for me you know like it it just it, it speaks volumes because sometimes a commentator can make a game seem a hell of a lot more fun than it actually is um especially if it's not a, if, especially if it's a game that you generally don't want to play um or it's like it's not your cup of tea and you're just trying to see if it's worth getting or something like that trailers do no justice watch a gameplay you need to watch a gameplay not a trailer you need gameplay but the third group of gamers um, and then like, and then the second group, essentially, they make up about, like I said, if the other group was 70%, that group of gamers who basically just indulge and enjoy and like feed on the content, those people would make up about, I'll say like 10%, which is fucking crazy. It should be more, but they're not. It's 10%. Now, people know far more about games than ever before, sure, but it's still... We're still a minority, still a minority. Now, the third group of people, I would say, are the people who essentially um, indulge in games simply because of the fact that it is, it's kind of like a hipster mentality. It's like, it's a niche market. So they're only interested in the market because it's not, it, it hasn't been fully taken over by anything else. They're trying to take over it. So they're into games, they're into everything that's about games and all that stuff, and they know all the information, they play games and things like that, but essentially, they're damn near posers. They don't really care about video games. They play them. They don't care. They don't care at all. They have absolutely no love for your baby. Uh-huh. They got, got no love for your baby. Say what? <laughs> they got no love for your baby. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it, it's, it's weird that these people exist. But these are mostly, these people basically now make up a lot of the gaming media, um, the journalists and shit like that. These are people who generally just, just actively hate gamers because of what they facilitate or associate the, um, those people into being. You know, they, like, they look at gamers and they're like, you guys do this. And it's like, contrary to popular belief, no, we don't. And it's like, if, 
And even if they did, it's only a few people who actually indulge in that, not the entirety of the gaming community. But as far as that other group of people is concerned, fuck that. Everybody is toxic. Everybody is crazy. Everybody is wrong. These people hate gamers and they use games to attack them. That's what they do. Um, and, and that's that's generally it. But they're so, I was about to say necessary, not necessary. They're so imbued into the culture that people have, they have no other choice but to basically just, they're nothing but this concrete parasite <laughs> that just will never go away. As long as games exist, they will find a way to use it to their own end. And it's fucked up, but that's just what it is. So having that, having that being the thing or having that being the way that the world works when it comes to games, and now this being the market that's bigger than fucking movies, it goes to show you that essentially the Xbox deal is one, not as all, not as cracked up as everyone wants you to believe that it is. And two, a big, big fucking problem for Sony. Like a big problem. It's a big fucking problem. Why? Because I put it like this. Xbox is playing for keeps. They are not playing this shit for the short haul. They're playing it for the long haul. And that's where Sony is fucking up. Because they're looking at this shit in terms of just, ooh, what's popular right now and what are we doing good? Let's capitalize on that and just keep doing it over and over and over again. Problem is, when the shit gets stale, which it, it, it will, um, what are you going to do? Well, you had no plans for the future. You're only working in the now. And the thing is that Xbox is planning for the future. Damn, motherfucker. <laughs> you so stupid. That's, that's why I was, like, I was like, a laughing statement was when Sony actually came out and basically damn near was just kind of um kind of like a question like it was like one of those things was like uh i hope you remember to uh like i hope you remember to get your clothes out the dryer you know and like an xbox like oh yeah yeah no we we'll we remember to get the clothes out the dryer don't worry we'll fold them and we'll put them away just like we promised we did earlier and it's like oh okay as long as we remember to get the clothes out the dryer not knowing that xbox is thinking of getting their own dryer with folding and putting away mechanics that no longer needs Sony's dryer or no longer needs the dryer that Sony is using. So it's going to be a better dryer, but they just got to wait to get it for now. But for now, they still got to take their clothes out and they're, they're comfortable with that. They don't give a fuck. And that generally is the problem that Sony is facing right now is the fact that with Game Pass, which is a big fucking deal, that's is such a huge deal. It's ridiculous with Game Pass, as well as all of these huge back catalog of games now under Microsoft belt or will be under Microsoft belt once the deal goes through, which supposedly is going to happen like 2023. Once that shit happens, the fuck does Sony have to contend with that? I mean, even now they, they like it was like recently they came out and said that they're going to try to attempt something that's similar to Game Pass. And I guarantee you it ain't going to fucking matter. It really isn't going to fucking matter. Um, now, Microsoft can buy Sony six ways till Sunday, if you didn't know. They have more money than Sony makes. So <laughs> like it can, they can buy them six ways till Sunday if they want to. Microsoft can just buy the company of Sony in its entirety. Um, so let alone its fucking gaming division. But to, to its credit, Sony has been making money, you know, um, 
now you would say, well, there's going to be an um, oversaturation of the market if Microsoft was to buy Sony or something like that. And it's like, you don't get it. They don't fucking care. They've manipulated and changed the laws regarding that aspect like so many goddamn times with other shit. How the fuck do you think Disney bought Fox? Like that's That was literally something that they weren't supposed to be able to do. And then they did it. That's that's how that works. <laughs> Money talk, loser walk. So the thing is, is that now that PlayStation is understanding that game, like, like think of exactly what happened when the console, like when the next gen of consoles came out, Xbox literally had no games. It came out with no fucking games. Any other point in time in history, that would have been a death sentence for the console. But what happened? They had Game Pass. Game Pass was a monthly fucking subscription plus being um plus getting a brand new system. You got a brand new system and you got this monthly fucking subscription to just play old games that realistically if you don't already own them already, you could have played at any other point in time in history. So it did not you didn't need to do the Game Pass. But now that you have a Game Pass, I mean, what if you never played those games before? You Microsoft already got Rareware under their belt, so that's so many other fucking games and shit like that. And you know how much the retro and classic shit is just booming with motherfuckers, especially in the streaming world and whatnot. And then you have people that generally just prefer and adored older games than the newer ones, which essentially are really hand-holding pieces of shit that are just terrible movie plots done in video game form now especially thanks to Sony. And you then open up a fucking floodgate of just so much content and so much enjoyment that you can get out of just old games that basically data amounts to nothing in the span of these 500 gigabyte games and powerhouses that we have as the consoles and shit. I said games, but the consoles and whatnot. And so it's understandable that even though the console launched with literally no games, it still had a bountiful amount of games to be played. And people were enjoying themselves. All those who bought an Xbox was totally enjoying themselves. It did not matter that they like had to wait a whole extra year to play Halo. That did not fucking matter. They still had shit that they could play and use the goddamn system for. And that should speak volumes towards Sony. But it didn't because they're stupid. Um... And so by doing that, it immediately, like, I, 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 as soon as Game Pass got announced, I thought it would be a passing fancy until I found out what it would entail people to do. Then I was like, ooh, I would get that. I, I've never bought an Xbox in my entire life. But considering the route in which they're going, eventually I will have to. Because they're going to have every fucking game at your disposal. So many shit that gets released and they be like, day one Game Pass fuck <laughs> it's like so i don't even need to buy this game i just need game pass and i can play it fuck how is this 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 supersedes netflix and every other streaming service that has ever existed in terms of content and enjoyment because think of how those things work there's so many of them that rely on people forgetting that they're even subscribed to them and they have the automatic renewal service going on but with video games there's just so many things out there that just waste so much fucking time. And even if you don't get around to playing them, let's say like me, for example, like that basically barely has time to even play a fucking video game. If I would still have the Game Pass subscription, 
I would barely be able to play games, but even still when I play games, that's taking up so much of my goddamn time just to do. And let alone, you know, different games that basically still had online capabilities or games that they would give online capabilities to once it gets a part of Game Pass and whatnot, which then just increases the fun like tenfold and whatnot and so much time and game um hours being pumped into games and shit like that the shit is ingenious and it was ingenious when it was first announced and it was first issued but what was sony's response to that well you can download all your ps4 games on your ps5 the fuck does that mean <laughs> like what does it matter and it was like what and it was like oh if you have playstation plus you can download all of these games all of these games that you're allowing us to download are the playstation 4 games generally newer games that like recently came out on your previous system it wouldn't make sense to be able to get these games for free now or even play them now when i literally just played them not too long ago now on the newer system it doesn't amp up the graphics it doesn't make this far more enjoyable game or anything like that it's whatever and considering the fact that no matter what once games basically come out on the playstation you give them what one to two years depending on how popular it is, and then eventually PC will get it, which is basically all Microsoft does is PC shit. So again, it begs the question, that exclusivity bullshit that you got going on, which is basically the cornerstone of your popularity and your, um, and your basically your entry right now when it comes to gamers, is kind of going out the window. You don't have that anymore because you never had that. That exclusivity shit only apply for the short amount of time in which you keep a game exclusive. And then eventually, this shit gets ported to Nintendo anyway. <laughs> so it doesn't fucking matter. You get it on a PC and Nintendo. And then eventually, this shit's going to be on Game Pass. So what the fuck do you have? What do you have? I, I've stated before, PlayStation has such a huge backlog of fucking PS2 games that they just do not utilize. And it would have been so amazing if you were to have made the PS5 or the PS4 backwards compatible with a PlayStation 2. That would have opened up so many fucking doors for you assholes in terms of people ain't being interested in your games or even keeping your consoles alive because of the backward compatibility, which was one of the major functions that factored in your consoles being interesting in the first fucking place when the ps3 came out for the ps um after the ps2 it wouldn't make that much sense for you to be able to play playstation 2 games on the ps3 but you were capable of playing playstation 1 games on the ps3 and then you had your memory card in your ps3 no longer needing a hard memory card to save the data from your games a cool and awesome feature that a lot of people appreciated and considering the fact that three came and like two was still around and still playable and a lot of people still had okay with those consoles it was all right that it couldn't play playstation 2 games but when the four came out and you did not have that that was just such a big giant fucking missed opportunity of stupid playstation 2 was one of the biggest fucking deals in terms of a console ever people loved the goddamn games that came out of playstation 2 and being able to have a backwards compatible notion with that game would have been phenomenal and so then for as much as people keep screaming at you assholes for backwards compatibility, when you know they're speaking on the PlayStation 2 games, which people have more of than any other version of your console, realistically, um, you know everyone's screaming at you for the PlayStation 2 games backwards compatibility. And then you release your brand new console and you go backwards compatibility. But for the four. And it's like, bitch, what? <laughs> You're fucking stupid. You're taking a piss. 
no shit this should be backwards compatible with the four but again people want to play playstation 2 games hell i was fiending you hear me fiending to play ace combat 5 i love that game i love that game to death fiending to play that game couldn't play it because my playstation 2 was busted is it was it, it wouldn't run the disc and it made me generally sad and i just really wanted to play the game disc is fine but the playstation 2 wouldn't run it because it's so goddamn old um you know they don't make new ones i was generally considering buying a refurbished one for amazon but there's a plethora of problems that come with that as well as just so much other bullshit. so what did i do i literally bought the tools to open up a playstation 2 completely um i bought those tools and i cleaned that shit perfectly like i cleaned everything still didn't work then i looked up exactly how to fix a lot of the common problems that happen and there's like a plastic piece in there that gets warped over time there's a bunch of gunk that can get built up in a lot of the um and like uh some of the areas where the disc is moving or the disc reader is actually functioning and i just i just cleaned all that shit. i put new oil in the damn thing i did a whole bunch of shit in order to get my game to work i bought new cords i had to buy a brand new fucking controller in order for me to run this shit, and i got it to work i got it to work and i was able to play ace combat 5 and i was having fun i was having fun played my game and then i put it up and i put it up and i made sure i put my playstation 2 up so that it would not get the same issue again with like the dirt and the grime and shit like that to build up over time because that generally happened because i just left it on the open back when i had it because didn't know no better <laughs> kid <laughs> and so leading and so Coming back from that, I understood that, yeah, I would have foregone all of that if I could have just downloaded um, Ace Combat 5 from the PlayStation Store. I would have did it. I like, the, the best thing that they could have told me would have been like, yeah, 20 bucks. I was like, the highest that I would have been like, yeah, 20 bucks. And I was like, considering how much of a fan I am of the Ace Combat series and what I know and care about the game for that game... I was like, maybe 25, but 20 bucks would have been perfect for me. And I would have definitely got it. I would have downloaded the shit out of it, but not a PlayStation store. It's a, it's a Namco game. <laughs> it's, it's on, it has, it's on their greatest hits list. It not on the PlayStation store. Can't play it. Can't download it. So then I'm just sitting there twiddling my thumbs. Like what the fuck? I already played, already have and played Ace Combat 7. I know how that game works, but my favorite is five. So that's what I wanted to play. That's the one I wanted to look at and whatnot. You know, because mainly seven like fucks up a lot. But I wanted to play five. But I couldn't play five. And so you see, my problem is the fact that Sony at no point in time did any of these assholes think, like, you know, what if we did remasters of some of our older games? Or let's release um digital copies of these games that take up absolutely no space and people would spend ridiculous large amounts of money in order to get why has none of these assholes come to this conclusion of doing this shit with their back catalog of games that they own the rights to i mean now you can sit there and split hairs and deal with the whole music shit and things like that and stuff that they would have to pay for and licensing and whatnot but the money that would be brought in from people downloading these games and then the money that you would have to spend to get licensing rights, especially with Sony Music being a distributor of fucking music that could easily just buy up a lot of rights to video game music on the low before they even do shit like that. That way they don't got to pay nobody ever again. 
I don't understand why someone like me is coming up with this shit when some big wig that's sitting in a chair should be the one screaming at this to the main people running PlayStation because it would make so much fucking sense and they could make so much fucking money off of it. And that is the problem. That is their major issue that they got going on. Sony is so focused now on making their video games seem like movies that that's what they're putting their all into. It's just making these long, exacerbated movie plots turned into video games that basically have all the exact same mechanics. And then you get the bullshit that Neil Druckmann made when he did Last of Us Part Two, Or you get ridiculousness that is the God of War games, which are in no way, shape, or form similar to the God of War original games that came out, which is why I don't want to play them. Um, it's not God of War. It's not. It's just not. <laughs> Kratos was voiced by a black guy. Mm, he's voiced by a black guy, different black guy. So different guy. <laughs> uh, you like shit if you want to, but uh, I don't give a damn. <laughs> but it's it's weird. It, like I said, it, it it's something where it's like you you guys don't understand Xbox, man. And it's like. With this purchase, they hit the ground running. And the fact that Sony's only rebuttal was just a, you, you guys remember your promise, right? Like, we're, we're still going to be able to get those games that they already have that we were promised, right? And the Xbox was like, yeah, sure you are. It's like, we're still going to keep with our conditions. Like, that, that's not going to change. And it's like, oh, okay, good. And it's like, you don't understand the long haul. For, for the short term, yeah, we're still going to share the games, dude. There's still going to be exclusivity for one of the games that we release for the PlayStation. Sure. For now, once that contract runs up, then guess what? You don't have shit. There's nothing to debate. There's nothing to argue. You ain't got nothing, motherfucker. And the fact that you don't understand that is a problem. That is a major problem. <laughs> this is not an option, nigga. If you do not have games, then you have a problem. <laughs> And you deal so much in terms of just trying to get exclusivity that you have not focused on basically just generally pumping out games that, are in, that um, insinuate fun or keep the longevity. But also you have continuously pissed off your fans with boneheaded marketing decisions or boneheaded ideas in terms of censorship within games, as well as your overall attributes towards pissing off the Japanese, which literally kept Sony afloat in the gaming market. If it was not for the Japanese, there would be no PlayStation. And the fact that PlayStation has forgot that major crucial point is a problem for fucking PlayStation. Oh, my goodness. So we're now getting to the point where the last bastion of freedom and gaming is now going towards Nintendo, who don't give a fuck about anything. <laughs> because listening to the Twitter mob or going in the realm of... Um, heeding whatever the fuck California needs to say about video games means fuck all to Nintendo. And so because of that, they release games the way they should be released. They let the ESRB rate them, and then they produce, and then they just let them go. That's it. You have the rating. You know, you're told what the game is about. That's it. That's the only warning you're getting from Nintendo. Fuck anything else. If you want to buy it on the Switch, you're welcome to it, baby. And it just opens up the doors more for just getting a fucking switch 
which also has a goddamn platform that allows you to download some of their older games, which they never have to worry about because they own all their shit. So they don't have to worry about exclusivity deals. All their shit is exclusive to them. And then they still get your shit ported anyway. Fuck. <laughs> you gotta understand it, you guys, right now. In the long haul, you're going to lose the video game war. Because Nintendo has long since um, left everyone else in doing their own shit. As long as Pokemon exists, they got cash to burn. As long as Mario exists, they got cash to burn. Motherfuckers still love those goddamn Zelda games. They have nothing to worry about in terms of keeping themselves alive. But PlayStation has everything to fucking worry about. You guys are dealing with exclusivity. You're letting a bunch of people make video games that general people who play video games do not like. And then you're constantly doing bonehead decisions that essentially is alienating your original audience and your fan base from actually indulging in the shit that you're trying to create because you're not creating shit that they like. This is annoying because, I, I, like, yeah, you can assist you, you can insinuate that I'm a Sony pony. Yeah, I like Sony. I like PlayStation. I've only owned PlayStation. I've played Xbox. I've played Nintendo stuff. I've, I've owned Nintendo stuff. But console-wise, I've only had Xbox. My little brother had a Wii. And tell us some fun, y'all, all day long, baby. Um, and I got, oh, shit, yeah, I got um, a um, GameCube. Yeah, I have a GameCube, which was given to me because my little brother's, um, he got he got a new one. <laughs> like, he got a new GameCube, and he gave me his old GameCube. And I was like, fuck, yeah. Tales of Symphonia, because <laughs> I have Tales of Symphonia. God, that game is amazing. But it's like, it, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous to see this happen to a console that essentially shaped me being a gamer. That's what I grew up on was PlayStation. And it was always there as a major thing. But realistically, the route that it's going, I can see it going the way of Sega. Because that's the same thing that happened before PlayStation. Bad Boy on the Sega Genesis. And I don't know if you know of the tragedy that is the Dreamcast. But there is such a tragedy called the tragedy that is the Dreamcast. And it could happen to PlayStation at any point in time if they don't get their shit together. Now, I'm not saying they need to go out and buy a brand new, a big-ass publisher and get a whole bunch of games. But I am saying they need to fucking straighten up and fly right start catering more towards the Japanese market, which basically enjoyed PlayStation's freedom into having all of their weird-ass games for content, allowing more shit to be downloaded rather than waiting for remasters or whatnot, but just letting your audience enjoy the content that you already have is all that I'm asking, and that's the, one of the best things that you could do as a step forward to ensuring your longevity, but what the fuck would I know? I'm just a fan. <laughs> so, oh man, I'm going to end it here. Um, definitely check out more of my stuff. Um, you go to anchor.fm for whenever I upload. I'll upload every Friday, 7 p.m. Um, Eastern Central Time? Uh, Eastern Eastern Time? Whatever. But I upload um, Friday every um, every Friday at 7 p.m. Um, for more uh, podcast uh, stuff. Uh, so that'll be now. That This is going to be a weekly thing. But this has been another episode of Fun with Flame. I have been your host, Daniel the Flame. And as always, good people, I hope you had fun. Also, if there's a topic you would like for me to discuss or talk about, make sure you drop me a line over on Twitter at HeyTheFlame. No, at Daniel the Flame. You can check my email at HeyTheFlame.gmail.com. Um, 
Um, but you drop me a line on Twitter at Daniel the Flame, as well as hit me a message up on Anchor.fm, and I'll be able to get back to you. And then I can talk about whatever the fuck you want me to talk about. But until next time, people, um, shit, no, how do I normally outro? This has been Daniel the Flame. This has been another episode of Phone Flame. And as always, good people, hope you have fun.